What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. Are you troubled by pop culture references you don't understand? Does trying to figure out a good jumping on point in a long-running comic series keep you up at night? Have you or your friends or family seen a comic book-based movie, TV show, or cartoon and not known what was going on? If the answer is yes, then this is the podcast for you. My My Big Fat Pull List. Our assembly of knowledgeable hosts are eager to help answer all your comic book-based pop culture questions. We're We're ready to to geek geek out with you. you. In 1977, a movie was released that changed the world of filmmaking and fandom forever. That movie was George Lucas's Star Wars. It was groundbreaking and had all the right ingredients to create a universe filled with epic stories and larger-than-life characters. Since then, audiences and fans have been treated to a number of films, books, comics, and television shows, all with varying levels of quality, depending on who you talk to. In 2012, George Lucas sold Lucasfilm and the Star Wars intellectual property to Disney for just over $4 billion. Since then, audiences and fans have been treated to another round of films, books, comics, and television shows, all at the expense of most of what came before. Now labeled Legends, the majority of what fans grew up on outside of the Star Wars films was considered non-canon, and a new vision of the mythology was being crafted by the House of Mouse. Prepare to use the Force, fight the dark side, and escape through hyperspace with us as my big fat pull list looks at the end of the Skywalker saga as we examine Star Wars. The Disney Trilogy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, geeks of all ages. I'm Mr. X, welcoming you to another edition of my Big Fat Pull List. In the studio tonight, we've got... Smurfy. And... I had a really funny line, but I just forgot it. (laughs) Pistol Danger. And... Dr. Impact. As you can tell from our, our exciting intro... Oh, I loved it. We are going to be delving into the world of Star Wars. Yes, we will be talking about all of it, but we're focusing on not only this latest trilogy, the sequel trilogy, or as we lovingly refer to as the Disney trilogy, but we're also going to focus a little bit on some of the outside media that is available and sometimes needed to understand the events of what's going on in this trilogy. And the funny thing is, is that this episode kind of evolved out of a post that Pistol made yes. on his Facebook page. Correct. He was watching, you were you were re-watching the films yes. to gear up for Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you had some colorful commentary I did. that you threw out on, on the Facey page. Yeah, I like to scream into the void when I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's, it's a simple question. It's It's an obnoxious question to me is should you have to read or, like, watch, should you have to go out and find extraneous material to explain your core material? Mm. 
And I feel the answer is no. If you want to expound upon a character that is not covered in your core material, then yes. Right, How right. did Phasma get to be Phasma? That was going to be my example. Like yeah, that's, Phasma. That, that is interesting material, but that is not necessarily core material I need. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. And we are going to cover certain things like that are, that are uh, delved into on either the novels or the comic book series. Because you got to remember, all of this is canon now. Everything, ever since the Disney merger, anything that has been pushed out since that time is official canon. And everything else, you can just go take a long walk off a short pier. It's it, what is it considered? It's called legends. legends. Yeah, legends. anything, any books or graphic novels or anything that has the legends banner. Yeah, the on stuff it is, I grew up yeah, reading. The stuff that we all read is yeah. So like it's is fun now just and it's legends. Neat. Like it's fun and neat, but let's just put that on. Here's the shelf. an alternate yeah. universe. Yeah, basically. If you're yeah. bored, you well, wait a minute. This. Let's not talk about alternate universes. We don't. Oh. We don't want to visit from you know who. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to think of like what if. Like this is like a what if. It's Star a, yeah. Wars. It's a yeah. what if Star yeah. Wars. What if the prequels were good? What if, buddy? What if? And what if we had a Patreon? Oh, wait a minute. We do. Pistol. do come true. Why don't you tell them all about our Patreon? I absolutely will. We've got multiple tier sections available for the finest in geek culture. We have shout-outs. We have T-shirts, buttons, magnets. You can sit in with us on an episode can't talk to us, but you can sit in. And then there is one where you can talk to us. You can submit uh, an idea. So for those of you who are really wanting that page-by-page page, Crisis on Infinite Earths, there's you, there you are. The panel-by-panel. Panel. That was a joke, yeah. and I really hope that that doesn't take off steam. Because that would be a Herculean My God, that would be, podcast that's to a try to big, cover. That's a whole show just I think on that its would own. Just, you, yeah. you would just get one issue. <laughs> you would get one issue for as long as you but, were But there, an issue of right? our choice. I mean, you don't want to pick yeah, like issue not, seven that's 48 We're pages doing the last issue. No, we start, right. with, we start with issue one, and nope. then we go up. You get issue three, figure it out on your own. <laughs> that's just because you want to talk about the uh, the Losers Club again. The, the... Oh, I forgot that was issue three. I just <laughs> threw out a number. So. Good job. You're still, you're still torn up about flour. Yeah, you're still yeah. torn up about the flour dying and then the Losers oh, Dude, that was, that was brutal. <laughs> I, lo I love my Losers. Where can they go... To find our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash my big fat pull list podcast. If you want to help us out, head on over there and give, give, give until it hurts. You think these lights are free? They're not. Spoiler warning We are going to be covering information dealing with this newest trilogy but specifically we will be talking about rise of skywalker so if you haven't gone out and seen rise of skywalker or any of the other films in the disney trilogy if you're one of the 10 people who yeah. have and and if that's the, the case why are you even listening to this episode right well, you know. I, I don't question that hey if you <laughs> if you don't want to watch star wars but you want to hear us talk about star wars I'm all for it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, sure. just just be prepared. We're going to be talking about stuff, and if you do end up seeing it later on, you're not going to be surprised. So, you have been warned. Original trilogy. I think we, it'd be important to start that, like, there is core material that you need for Star Wars in oh, general. yeah. And that is the OT, the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Four, five, and six. We've all grown up with those films. Correct. They have influenced us in many different ways. What I really want to know, and we'll go around the table, what does Star Wars mean for you? And and just to clarify, we are sticking with classic original 
trilogy. We're not talking about special edition stuff that came out in the 90s or, or no, any added. No, we were not... talking about the original. Original Han, trilogy. Han shot first. Han shot first trilogy. Straight. Okay, Hashtag. cool. Yes. Yeah. Smurfy, what does oh, Star Wars mean to you? Hope. <laughs> wow. <Next. laughs> would, yeah. you say, would you say it was a new hope? Yeah, exactly. Um, and some sadness. Right. Let's just start out my first introduction to Star Wars. It terrified me. Really? Because oh. I was little. And it was on either TV or my brother had a movie going. I don't remember which, but I remember walking in. It was Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Luke gets caught by the the monster, the Hoth monster, the what's it? The Wampa. Wampa. Yeah, the Wampa, right? And it was the scene where he attacks Luke and messes him up. So I so right, it pops right. Yeah, up, right. Yeah. So right away I was like, oh, scary. And it's like <laughs> noon on a Saturday, and I'm like, I'm not going to bed tonight. I'm terrified. But then the very next scene, because I was doing stuff around the house, was the Planet Hoth battle. And I was like, I want more of ships and explosions. Ah, like, okay. I'm in. So I kind of watched the whole thing. Yes, I was lost. Like, hey, this guy got his arm <laughs> chopped off, and that's his dad. Huh? How? Why is that important? Again, younger. But that led to my love of, like you said, some of the comics, like X-Wing Rogue Squadron. That got me all into, like, the X-Wings and the squadron part of it. And Wedge Antilles, who's, like, a, a hero of mine. Being a fan of, like, G.I. Joe and Punisher growing up, it kind of fit right into it. It's soldiers. It's 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 hope. It's good versus evil. It's everything you want. And as a kid who got picked on and bullied a lot, you were like, "Wow, I am a nerd, but you can be a hero too." Yeah. You know, like you knew some of these guys, like Luke Skywalker. You're like, "This is a nerdy dude. He ain't ripped. He ain't super strong, but he's still a hero. The normal guy that has you know? something special about yeah. him." And like, I I loved it because every character had like their flaws. They all had like their strengths, and they all needed and relied on each other. And you're like, oh, it was like a solid family or a group of friends that you're like, I want to be a part of this. That's what Star Wars means to me. What does Star Wars mean to me? I, I take you back to a simpler time, really. You know, it, it is childhood. I have vivid memories of seeing Return of the Jedi at Ronnie's drive-in. Yeah, me too. And I have vivid memories of watching A New Hope. And Empire on HBO. My grandmother had HBO. You take the VCR, you take the little VHS tape, you record the damn movies, mm -hmm. and then you wear that tape out. Yep. And it, it, for for me, it's 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 the wonder because you know you've got this this great imaginary story, but the themes, even as a small child, you you know, good versus evil, love, hate, family. The Force, even though I'm not a very religious person, mm -hmm. the Force was that, that higher power that everybody believed in, but only a handful could tap into. You know, that what that's what made those people special. So in my mind, you know, it's like I'd like to believe I, I could tap into the Force. That means I'm special. I believe you could, too. But that's, you know, that's the, the hopes and the dreams of a little child. Growing up, Star Wars was... It's this saga. It, it, it literally is this giant saga about these characters that through, even though they're now referred to as legends, but through the novelizations, you got to read what happened to these characters after the films. You got to see what happened to these characters in between the films. They became more than just movie characters. They were characters and they became people that you cared about. Uh, we actually did, in our very first volume of this podcast, we did an episode about those other Star Wars comics, the old stuff from Dark Horse that's considered non-canon now. 
and including some of those those older books. And I, I, I told the story about I remember where I was and what I was doing the day I read Chewbacca's Death in the book series. And it messed me up. And I was like 21 years old. <laughs> I'm a damn adult. And it messed me up. Mm. So for me, that's what that's what Star Wars is to me. It's 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 visiting old friends that I get to peek in on and, and and see how their life is progressing. I saw Han and Leia have children. I saw those children grow up. I grew up with them. Doctor Impact. Well, since we're all sharing first experiences with it, I guess I'll share share mine as well. I don't recall this because I was probably like one or two, but I'm told that I was taken to the theater when Empire Strikes Back came out. Obviously, mm. I have no memories of that, but I do have memories of, like you, Mr. X, seeing Return of the Jedi at the drive-in, at Ronnie's drive-in here right, in St. Right. Louis, uh, when it came out. Now, I didn't actually have any recollection of the story itself or everything that was going on, but eventually, a couple of years later, uh, I remember spending the night at my uncle's apartment when I was young, and I remember that night, I would do that all the time. We would go over and we'd stay the night. Yeah. He'd take us to the store, and then we'd watch some movie that we'd never seen before. Well, I remember that particular visit. We watched the entire trilogy. We started at like four or five in the afternoon, and he showed me the entire trilogy straight through on on VHS. And I was just, I remember at that time being in awe of C-3PO and R2-D2, because I was, you know, what, eight, something like that, seven. And just being floored by the look of it. But now that I'm older, looking back on the whole thing, it's amazing how much Star Wars has influenced and um, and informed my tastes in in pop culture and that that ultimate good versus evil battle, that ultimate epic storytelling that is there, that is present, that I find to be my favorite thing in everything. I mean, if you look at my obsession with Tolkien and my obsession with all of <laughs> all 10 million different DC crisis stories, you know, anytime <laughs> that they do some big epic event, as well as my fascination, uh, lifelong fascination with mythology, which actually came out of Star Wars when I was about 10 or 11, was when I learned that one of the things Lucas used to help him build Star Wars was Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. Yeah, yeah. And I remember getting that book for Christmas. Now, at 10 or 11, I did not read that book. (laughs) I could not understand it. I don't know why I got that book as a 10-year-old. But I have since gone back and read it and have read a lot of Campbell's work and become a huge fan of Joseph Campbell. And, And just the entire idea of the hero's journey and how mythology informs a culture and gives a culture a moral barometer to go off of which is exactly what Star Wars did. Those those original three films, it's exactly what they did for the, let's say, post-civil rights era of America and, and the world eventually. Uh, so I think, to me, it's, it's that impact and that... I mean, I, I went on to being not just reading the comics and the books, but I ended up playing the old D6 system role-playing game yeah, yeah. that came out uh, in the mid-80s or so. Gosh, I mean, three or four nights a week we'd get together and play that thing, and I read the encyclopedias and just just the scope of this epic story and this mythology. It just it completely changed everything for me. So I don't know if that answers the question, but <laughs> that was certainly a rambled enough ep- uh, answer for you. <laughs> Close enough. And last, but certainly not least. The most. Uh, what does Star Wars mean to me? Uh, yes. 
Everything you guys just said, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, so I could like, reiterate, you know, but what does Star Wars mean to me now? Now Star Wars means to me is something, let me ask simplified you. storytelling at its best. Let me ask you this question. Shoot. When you watch the original trilogy now, yeah. do you still get the same feelings as like the first and second time you watched it when you were a kid? Yeah. I mean, I do. Like, if I'm sick at home and I'm like, man, I feel like garbage, and something to kind of like liven me up, I'll put the it original the... trilogy yeah. is like comfort food. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly yeah. where I was going with it. Like, it's something that sick, we we have at home. Great. We call sick movies, movies yeah. that we grew up watching when we were sick in bed as kids. Yeah, and um, you know, usually it's stuff like Willow and Goonies yeah. and things of that nature. Star Wars trilogy feel, feel is good. Yeah, yeah, they're ending they're, story. Yeah. yeah, the Star Wars trilogy would, are more well made films than a lot of those, but they're still that comfort. Food, sick movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the way you were talking about the VHS, my mom for a birthday gift uh, when she worked at Schnooks put all three Star Wars movies on one VHS tape for me. Nice. So on those sick days, play. Yeah, good for the next seven hours. So, so yeah, yeah. so hours. pistol. That's that's the question. Does that? Do you still get that feeling? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what we think about Star Wars. What did the OT trilogy mean to you guys out there? Tag us on our Facebooks, Twitters, Instagrams, anything. Right now, two of the members of my big fat poster are wearing Star Wars shirts. What kind of Star Wars paraphernalia do you have? Anything collectible that you really love? I have an old Boba Fett figure from the original run that I absolutely love. What do you have? Prequel trilogy. We are not going to get into any kind of major debate. Correct. About the quality of the prequel trilogy. Keep, my, keep reminding to, us of that. Yeah. We're going to need reminders. I, I, okay. I will. I will. Okay. If you want us to hit us up on Patreon. <laughs> if you That's want true. if you want that that episode, let us know. And we will we will deliver it to you. But right now, we're all in agreement the prequel trilogy is not that great. Correct. There you go. It's very different than the original trilogy. There are some people out there that actually their first Star Wars movie was the Phantom Menace. That was their mm-hmm. generation. That was like their generation right, stuff. Right. They grew up with it. So, so, so they have a little bit of a different view on it. Uh, there's a lot of things that I. You'll hear me say this a lot during this podcast. That's not Star Wars to me. The prequel trilogy, even though it has the Force and Jedi's and Sith and spaceships, the majority of those films just does not feel like Star Wars to me. No, I, I I would agree with you. We're going to touch on it just because we have to because this is the saga. We're really the, mm-hmm. these this sequel trilogy is the end of a saga, so we have to touch on this. But we're not going to beat it to death like the Tauntaun it is. Correct. Let's let's make a challenge. Let's try to make it positive. What is your positive stuff about? Oh man, you and McGregor kicked ass. He there, did the best he could you, with what he was know. given. You, you took mine. <laughs> uh, I I love the introduction of the clone troopers themselves just because I'm big. You know my military esque love. So it was kind of cool to be like, oh, okay, those are clone troopers. I like it. I like how they're clones. I like how seeing them. I know where they came from now. I kind of like that backstory and let do a really cool cartoon. See, so. the person, I'm I'm opposite because I hate clones. I hate the concept really? of clones. Absolutely hate from it. From a military perspective, it's not when a done pistol, clones pistol can be okay. And a pistol will back yes. me up here. Yeah. Oh, I, we lived through the clone mm-hmm. saga oh. with Spider-Man. Oh, so you guys already had a bad taste in your mouth going yes. in. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then the Resident Evil films, oh, they yeah. decided everything had to be about clones as well. Time out. They made movies of those video games? Whoa. Shut up. <laughs> we'll come back to those. <laughs> and Whoa. then you've got this. You've got a whole thing that's about the clones mm-hmm. and... It was the actual series that that changed my mind about the whole thing. I was like, you know what? Actually, this is a good idea. 
I retract my my hatred towards these clones. See, mm-hmm. just real quick, one of that second movie, the only part I like about the second movie is the end when you're seeing it's pretty much that battle, humans versus robots, like Terminator. And it's just like, ooh, it's like, okay, pros and cons. Like, I studied it almost from like a military point of view. Ooh. Like, ooh, like what's different? Like these robots that can't move are just lining up like the British and fighting at us or humans that can kind of move, duck, dive, and have feelings and thoughts. Had the Jedi stayed up on that first ring, they would have won because they had the high ground. Yeah. Yeah. Don't remind them or me of that. But remember, uh, they the took Jedi, the losses, my friend. The they Jedi suffered. aren't generals, and they're not going to be your soldiers in this war. Two minutes later. Yeah. We're On the ground they are. Get yeah. them now. Okay, we're not going to do that. We're hey, not going to hey, do that. Okay. Hey, I said say positive, positive, buddy. Say positive. That's why I said I cut out all the movie, but that end part. Okay, okay. <laughs> so here's here's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a positive thing. The choreography in the lightsaber battles. It's amazing. In yeah. every oh, one no. amazing. of the prequel films. Yes. Um. Anybody can say whatever they want about the films themselves as a whole, but good God, the f- lightsaber choreography right. fight. Oh, my God. And the God. music to go with it. And the music for each one. Because it really yeah. we finally, even the lightsaber fights. Right, because we finally had the technology right. to where you mm-hmm. could actually pull off a really good duel. Right. Oh, yeah. Unlike the original well, trilogy. Well, you also had some you also had some. I will that were, fight you on that. Well, you also because had the choreography man. might not have been as flippity-doo as it was, flippity-doo. but it was emotionally driven. So it wasn't like... Jump but in the two air totally short. different but things. That's two, two totally that's two different, different angles. That's I mean, I never had an emotional response to any of the lightsaber battles in the prequel trilogy. Yes, no emotional. But, there was no emotional contact whatsoever. But the emotional response to Return of the better. Jedi, right? Oh, jeez, come on. Yeah, it's still yeah. the best. Well, you know yes. what? And and that's what's kind of interesting point of view because it's like the newer ones are like, oh, everything is younger. Republic singer, clone troopers are younger, so you're gonna have more of like an athletic younger type of fight where you're not gonna have the which, emotions. Which allows it's all just you like to, brute force mm-hmm. yeah. and athleticism. Where in the other ones, it's like, hey, we know we can do flippity flu, but this is about power. This I is think about that was a symbol. Doo. I'm sorry, whatever. Do you got flips? You got the flips. Can what you, is that? A disease? Can, Misa, Misa don't have anything. All right. I don't think I could really say anything positive, except for maybe one thing that I noticed. What well, was it cool? About, even the world building didn't get to you. You could see different planets. Half of the, the world. Lived. Well, you, we've already been to half the planets that we went to. Oh, you're right. Oh, it's another desert. But oh, right. yay, we went back oh. to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Yippee. Oh, it's a cold you saw planet. saw Coruscant, man. Yeah, that, it's a city. It's that cool, was fun. Right? That was fun. Yeah, flying mm-hmm. cars. I love the political stuff. So fun. Is that sarcasm? Why did it, it, sorry, it was it was, it was sarcasm? Why did the Nabooians not like the Goongians? Weren't we? Hey, all right, okay. It was positive. all positive. All fair. Positive. So the positive mm-hmm. thing that I could uh, I'll talk about here is something that I myself, while watching it with my wife, mm-hmm. to prepare to see Rise of Skywalker, we rewatched the prequel trilogy begrudgingly. Golly, Phantom Menace was hard to get through. It, yeah, it, it really is positive. I'm just saying, it, that is <laughs> but we got through though. it. Yep. I noticed something. Because probably I was hoping for, I was digging a little bit deeper or mm-hmm. hoping that there was something bes- below the surface. There is this air of arrogance mm-hmm. to the Jedi mm-hmm. that when they finally do fall, it is because of their, their arrogance, yeah. thinking that they were pretty much untouchable. And I like the fact that there are those parallels throughout the entire prequel trilogy. It's not handled well because the writing is poor. Mm-hmm. But when you can find those few lines that really express those feelings from both sides, because you know you've got some Jedi who you know it's by the book, and we did this is how we've done it for millions of years. Or when they're delivered by some of the more veteran actors well, who yeah, can work yes, without true. a director who yeah. know how to it's do true. that, who yeah. can deliver the line. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, when you when you've got stuff like that, I started realizing that okay, there might be another level to this trilogy that's no, that's just not about you know trade embargoes and things like that 
I think that's and a I happy accident. I, I, it might be a happy accident. I think it is. But it's the one thing that I can absolutely say without a shadow of a doubt that I appreciate positively about the prequel trilogy. So another thing that I thought of positive that I really enjoyed, Sassy Palpatine. He is kind of sassy. Because he is terrific throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Sure, his plan doesn't make a lot of sense, and he kind of feels like he's just well, kind of he, winging it as he goes. Because he, like, he is. He's playing, himself. Yeah. He's playing he, a game of chess with himself. Well, he is, but it doesn't feel like he's in control of it's, the chess well, board. Well, sometimes you're not. But he's so sassy about it. I love it. See, I disagree. I think, I love I think he's so in control that he's actually bored. Oh, yeah. Like, this is too easy and, for and he, me. But he oh. challenges himself. And that's why he's sassy. Right. Mm-hmm. They, they, they speaking, I kind themselves. of think that the Jedi deserved to be they, they, brought down. They, yeah, sure. they, they need to Maybe be not slaughtered, but mm-hmm. they needed to be brought peg, down a couple of pegs. Not all the pegs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want you at the bottom of the ladder, just not the top rank of the ladder. So. Yeah, no, I I think we all can agree to that. Like, yeah, yeah. Whether, whether it was meant to be or it was a happy accident, I think that the way they portrayed the Jedi would later serve purpose for what The Last Jedi kind of touched on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why you can kind of appreciate it. For me, those are happy parts of it. I just wish it was written better. Right. Well, now, speaking of good writing, uh, I do want to throw this in because this does add into the whole saga itself. The question of Anakin Skywalker's parentage mm-hmm. has been brought up a lot because a lot of people don't really care for that whole immaculate conception right. concept because then you're you're putting the whole... Force Jesus. The, the yeah. For, yeah, exactly. Say, yeah. You're, you're giving it the, the Christ implications, right. and then that kind of just takes you away from your space opera. Mm-hmm. In non-canon, once upon a time, before Disney, it's actually revealed in novel form that Darth Plagueis... For fans who don't know who that is, who is Darth okay. Plagueis? <clears throat> Some fans might not know. Darth Plagueis is the the Sith master who taught Palpatine, who right. taught Sidious. Right. He's the one that Sidious is talking to Anakin in, in Episode 3 in Revenge of the Sith. Have you ever heard the... Yeah. Sidious, Sidious dash Palpatine. Darth Plagueis the wise. Right, yeah. exactly. He just blatantly says he's a Sith Lord. Yeah, pretty much. He Darth, anything, I am a Sith Lord. That's he's already a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Sith Lord, red flag. Oh, why? Oh, he was so wise. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was revealed that Plagueis, during his experimentations with creating life and stopping death and things like that, did create Anakin Skywalker inside of Shimmy Skywalker. That has been retconned because, remember, that stuff don't count. No right. Which is that is all legend. Because that's a really cool story and a really cool take. Interesting. But the new take, which was just revealed. I was going to say, not, what is the new? Not even a year ago. The second volume of the Darth Vader comic book that Marvel was putting out actually took place. It, it's volume two, but it took place right after Revenge of the Sith. So it actually shows you how Darth Vader, you know, slid into the role of being a Sith Lord. And at the end of that run, it ran for 25 issues. At the end of that run, it's revealed it was actually Palpatine. It mm-hmm. was Darth Sidious. So, because it's canon, mm-hmm. you can now look at the at, at this, these nine films all together, as a story about Two families, the Palpatines and the Skywalkers, mm-hmm. making Rise of Skywalker make just a little bit more sense. Sure. But again, that goes into the whole, you got to read outside material mm-hmm. to get that answer. Which but goes that, back to poor writing for their- Well, no, I don't think that's something that like, well, that's nice to know. Maybe in the law, maybe in a big scope, it's a small piece, but it's not a major piece to me. 
You know I think I, mean? I think what what it comes down to is that in the story that the nine films have told, just on their own, without the spin-off titles or anything else, no, it's not a major piece. Yes, you can still watch everything and understand everything. Mm-hmm. Had they gone into it, had things been written differently for the films, and that piece of information had been put into the films rather than the extraneous material, how much better would the films have been well, as I, a result? May, and maybe not at all. It, it may not have affected anything. But I the think writing. the Yeah, right. right. It does. Right. It does. But in that case, then you have to ask, well, if it's really well written and you have a really great writer who is infusing that information into it, mm-hmm. he or she could end up making that something that is so important that it has to be in the primary media as opposed to, you know, spinoffs and tie-ins. It really begs the question, you know, how how would it be handled? And as a result of that handling, does it does it become important or is it still extraneous? Mm. I don't I don't know something like that. I don't know if it's that easy to dismiss as it would be for some other details, because that is kind of a big point, yeah, especially the way Rise of Skywalker plays. They out. made three right. movies about Anakin Skywalker. And the fact that, like, oh, here's how he was created. Kind of a big deal. Well, technically okay. six. Cause, you're right. You know, I mean, no, you're technically wrong because it's Darth, about Vader. Darth right. is running around. I would say five. Spoiler. The first movie is really nobody's story. It's just a story. <laughs> yeah. But that's, but that's not the point. What do you guys think? Do you guys think Palpatine creating Anakin has an effect for the movies on you? Or is the story going forward? Visit our website. Episode seven. The Force Awakens. I don't know about you guys, but after the disappointment of the prequel trilogy, this was a breath of fresh air for me. I think I saw this film four times in the theater. I think that's why we liked it so much. And enjoyed it every single time. I mean, I never got bored. I think it's because we were like, hey, you guys tried something new. It didn't work out. I'm used to this. This is familiar. This is Star Wars. This feels like Star Wars to me. It's a safe, soft reboot. That yeah, had something yeah. for us and for new fans. I think I saw this three times, two with different friends, mm-hmm. and then once with my grandma um, because we saw ugh, the Phantom Menace in theaters together. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. But like this was something, but we'd, my grandma and I had talked about Star Wars beforehand. Um, so it, The Force Awakens will always hold a special spot in my heart because when Han dies, like my grandma is holding my hand. And she grips it. Yeah. And you just hear, not Han. And I like, I kind of started tearing up for yeah. her. I'll always have that emotional attachment to this movie. Uh, we're probably going to see Rise of Skywalker soon, too, together, actually. See? You know, it's interesting. You point out that that feeling of, oh, no, not Han. And earlier, Mr. X was saying that the original trilogy, it, it felt like these old friends, you know, and it felt like family and this comfort. J.J., Abrams pulled that off, I think. I know that there's a lot of people who have issues with the Star Trek Kelvin timeline. But I think J.J. Abrams pulled that off beautifully with that first Star Trek reboot film, where even though these are new actors, it's a whole new story of Star Trek, it felt like old friends. It felt familiar. It felt familiar. It felt like Kirk. It felt like Spock. Everything looked a little different. Just, right. It looked but a little it, different. It, it felt just a little bit different, but there was enough but it was, familiarity. It felt enough that these characters that we have not heard from in how long, yeah, and yeah. we've we've come back now. He did it again with Force Awakens with Han specifically and Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. It felt like that line that Han has when he and Chewie walk onto the Falcon, yep. and he goes, "Chewie, 
we're home. That's what it felt like for fans, I think, for, I, for the majority of fans. I anyway. saw it with a buddy who I didn't realize at the time was a big Star Wars guy. Like, I had no idea he was a Star Wars guy. We just went and saw it. And we got out of it. I was like, hey, man, what do you think? Because I was like hearing people who aren't super fans, like what they think. And he was like, man, he's like, I loved it. He's like, I really can't wait to see it again. Because we saw it opening night at like 10 o'clock at night mm. on like the Thursday or whatever got released. And he and you know we went out to dinner, watched it. We were just like, man, we were ready for round. We were ready to go right back in and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Like it was so awesome. I know some people were like, oh, it was safe and it might have some problems. But it felt so fun. It was so familiar. It all those same feels. Like, I felt like I was a kid again. When people say, you know, it, it was so safe, and this is actually yeah. the majority of the oh, films anyway, yeah. I, I'm like, what did you what, want? Did right. you want Apocalypse Now? No. Did you want yeah. something that's going to, to wrap you, just get inside your brain and make you really think? I don't want that. No. I want enjoyment. I was okay. I, like, people keep saying, oh, say, I don't care. I loved it. I liked the fact that it was kind of like that. You know, yeah, yeah. like I don't want to be terrified or what I was like. I don't want a Jokerized yeah, right. take on Star Wars characters. Here's, here's I, I want Star Wars. Yes, or, or I want here's, Star Wars. Here's my version of what a Jedi is. No, no, no. Give me what I love. Mm-hmm. Just modernize a little bit, make it a little new. Build cool. upon it. Take you know, what you have. Polish and build up a little upon bit. It. Right. Polish up a little bit. Learn from Expand. the mistakes too, because JJ yeah. definitely did not do what George Lucas did with the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm, right. It was more practical effects. We're mm-hmm. going to have practical costumes was, mingled with the CGI. It was so great. Yeah. That worked out yeah. great. It was gorgeous looking film too. Yeah. Oh yeah. All yeah. three films are gorgeous. Yes. Yes. I think it, it could have been tightened up story wise, but honestly, I think this is the perfect movie to nostalgia bait in a positive way. Yes. Old fans yeah. And draw in new fans. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that, too, because a lot of my mm-hmm. friends had kids, and they were like, I can introduce my son to this movie and watch my son get the same joy as when I first experienced Star Wars. And a lot of guys went through that, and they were like, my kid loved it. We went out and bought a BB-8 right away. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, that's awesome. Like, that's what it should do. When my wife and I saw the film in theaters, it was packed. We had to sit, like, yep. all the way towards the back. And there was a, a sea of children too, and I'm like, oh god, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna suck because th- children are a little unruly. They're yeah. monsters. Not one problem the entire screening of that. They were film. glued, weren't they? they oh, were they were glued. Man. I'm like, holy crap! I saw it a couple different times, and every kid who was there was just like, <gasps> and you'd hear him like gasp. That'd be a bit. <gasps> that was all you heard. Which, out is, of awesome them. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. There's a whole new, it. a whole yeah. new generation that. Yes, a whole new generation grew up with the prequels, but there's a whole new generation now that is getting to experience what we experienced right. with yeah. the originals because it felt so much like the originals, and and that's very cool, too, that that kind of passes on to the next generation in that sense. I, I don't want people to think of when I say safe that this was a safe movie because actually this was kind of a dark movie in a couple of the uh, The tones. damn beginning of it. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. That's what I yeah. was just about to say. Like, <laughs> not, the movie was abandoned. Well, you like, find out the start of the movie is a slaughter of a oh, village oh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. absolute yeah. slaughter oh, of right. defenseless people because they kill everybody who could defend themselves. And then they gather them all up. And our brand new heroes captured right out the gate, like, yes. right out the gate by the main mm-hmm. guy. Like, oh, you're done. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're no hope right away. Great. Okay. <laughs> seems to seems Cross to be a JJ thing on reboots, doesn't it? Because that's pretty much how Star Trek started. Too. Right. <laughs> Giant slaughter. Yeah. Giant nice slaughter at the beginning, and it was pretty dark right yeah. off the bat, and something that you don't normally see, but yet mm-hmm. feels kind you of. Know why he pushes in the mud so then you can pick yourself yep. back up and dust yep. yourself off and that's, knows that's how the to tell adventure. story mm-hmm. well let's go around the table let us name one just one we'll stick to just one because there's a lot but mm-hmm. just one one thing that you loved about the force awakens we'll, we'll go with we'll start with you pistol go ahead i liked our new characters i liked ray 
I like. You liked Finn. all the new characters. I liked Poe. Okay. Yeah, I like BB-8. Our main three. Yeah, because BB-8. BB-8 is a character. Oh, I would absolutely. argue he's sometimes more of a main character than one of the other than Finn or Poe at given points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All I, right. I liked Kylo Ren. I liked the main characters. I liked Kylo Ren eventually. Mm-hmm. The first couple of times that you see him in the film, you're just like, okay, well, this is just Anakin. His voice scared me though. They, they did a really good job on his voice. When I first heard him talk, I was like, Ugh. you know, when when he gets the report about, you know, so you know, the escaped stormtrooper mm-hmm. was helped with a girl, and he's he's thrashing the lightsaber. I'm like, okay, Anakin. <laughs> I oh, will yeah. I will say though that there, especially in the last thirty years. There are very few actors under the age of, let's say, 35, mm-hmm. who can pull off the incredibly angry, screaming thing and actually be scary. Yes. Very few times. One one name that comes to mind is Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. He. There yeah. are times in the Thor and Avengers movies where it comes out from him, mm. but he's very careful about when it happens so that it's impactful and it mean and it's meaningful. The only other times in modern film that I can think of where an actor does that, in my opinion, is Adam Driver's Kylo Ren. When he loses it, yes, it is very much an Anakin thing. Yes, it is very much a Vader, you know, we're going back to that well again. But it's done so well because Adam Driver is such a talented actor that it, it is effective as opposed to poor Hayden who's out there struggling without a director and doesn't know how to do it. <laughs> right. I, my thing is, is though, I felt Kylo Ren was more threatening and scary after he took the mask off. I agree. See, you know what? I thought he did a really... This is going to dive really deep into Star Wars, and you guys are going to make fun of me on this, but <laughs> his lightsaber was a good reflection of his character. And what I mean by that is when he sparks up the light, every other lightsaber we've ever seen, they ignite it, it's a solid beam. You hear that hum, right? Kylo Ren's does it, and it's kind of flickering, and it's kind of like edgy, and it's kind of like going off and on, it's kind of sparking. And it's got the hilt. And it's just like, and it's the hilt, and you're like, it's different, and that lightsaber seems very angry and unstable. Mm. And then you see Kylo Ren have that conniption fit, and you're like, oh, just like his owner, it's very unstable and kind of frightening. Right. So I thought after seeing the lightsaber fight, I was like, that lightsaber is different and unique. And you seem to throw that fit. And I was like, aha, it all fits. And so I really liked it. So that's why right so away. Is that, is that, is your, that pick? your pick? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, now I was going to go with a different one. The other one, too, is because I'm such a military guy. And growing up, I always loved Wedge and Tilly's. And I always loved all the X-Wings. It was cool seeing Poe Dameron and the X-Wings fly around. And it was really awesome to see Poe take out, like, rescuing Han and taking out a few ships, a couple stormtrooper, like you know, he's taking out everybody. And you're just mm. like goosebumps. Even now thinking about it, I'm like, man, what an awesome scene! It looked gorgeous and it was phenomenal. You know, the other and thing that's different. that's great about that that also kind of ties into you know what we're saying about the familiarity of it. That original Star Wars film, the battles with the ships. Yep. Now, granted, you're talking about 1977, 1976, I guess when it was made. And, it was um, trucks with models and popsicle sticks. You, right, you know? but, but you know, and it's, it's you're limited. Cool, but at that time, it was awesome. It was groundbreaking. Oh, it was gr- and it was... what he was doing, what Lucas was doing, was he was imitating classic aerial battles that you would have seen in either newsreels from World War II or older films, silent films like Wings and things like that. Yeah, he gave clips he, to the the effects team yeah. and just said, "Watch just this, watch and these, and, and do it. these, and do it right. like that." Yeah, and do it with with modern, what was then modern technology essentially the aerial battles that J.J. brought did the exact same yep. thing, but just with technology from 40 years later. Yeah. It's it's the exact, which again lends to that that familiarity. The same feeling I get when you first see the Y-Wings and X-Wings do their run on the Death Star 
is the way I felt watching Poe Dameron fly around and blow mm. up everybody. Mm. It was that same feeling. Okay. That's why I was like, takes me all back, man. I know it happened halfway through the film, but still, I was like, familiarity, loved it. Mm. So those are my two favorite scenes. We said Do- one. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm selfish, and I know. Doctor? My my one favorite thing from Force Awakens, I, I'm going to have to blanket it with J.J. Abrams. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to go right. with J.J. I, Mr. X, I know that you and I have disagreed about the television series Lost, or at least for uh, various seasons of it. I don't right. know how you guys feel. Personally, though, in my eyes, J.J. can do no wrong. I, I have yet <laughs> to dislike anything that he's done. I've liked some things that he's done less than others, but I, I think he is the closest thing that we will get to an heir to Steven Spielberg as filmmaker, as far as style. And that and that includes both the good and the bad. That, that comes with that. Yeah. The only um, bad he is, he needs to answer more of his questions he asks you. The only bad that's he has is he needs to map out a trilogy if he's going to make a trilogy. Well, he did. That's, that's not his fault. That's a whole, yeah, we'll get, to, we'll, 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 we'll get to some. that because yes. yeah. I have major thoughts about that. But okay. yes, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. Yeah, so I, I'm going to have to say JJ. Uh, you know, I just I just think that he he's such a kid of that generation, of our generation, essentially. I know he's about five to ten years older than us but close enough and he just nails it he just knows what we want he just he he's one of those people who instinctively knows yeah mm-hmm. i guess for me uh going back to the nostalgia bait in a good way the chess piece i know yeah it, it, <laughs> it's it's got to be han and chewy mm. okay there's something about that pair when i was younger it was all about yes i want to be luke skywalker but as you get older you start seeing the world like Han did Mm -hmm. and you start realizing hey the scoundrel is a little bit more interesting to follow than the goody goody farm boy who's learning how to be a warrior he's just a boy and his dog man Uh, uh, (laughs) do not compare Chewbacca with a dog because how dare you you? dogs are loyal and if they are shoot a crossbow it'd be at my side right now (laughs) (laughs) okay fine true once a dog can fly a starship, let me know. But until then, Chewie's just a little bit better than a dog. I, I can't argue that. But it's that pairing. Yeah. Classic pairings in storytelling, whether it be in comic books or movies or television. When you have that connection of two characters that have each other's that, that loyalty and that shorthand to where they kind of know what each other is thinking. So you have that memory of them in the original trilogy and then all of a sudden you've been away for so so long and here they are they look a little bit older they look a little bit more ragged but damn it it's still them Mm -hmm. so so i mean if i really wanted to nitpick it's not necessarily han solo and chewbacca i appreciate the one thing that i love is the fact that it's harrison ford and peter mayhew Mm. yeah he because he came back for that movie all right reprising those characters because they make those characters. What about Han using the crossbow? I love that. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, yeah. I don't know. That to me was like, that's awesome. I'm like, but really, that's the only time you've ever used a crossbow. Han? Well, really? strangely, the, you really, think all the time hmm. that they've hung out together. Well, this is the first at one time. Right? Well, he does love a blast. He, he does, does love, love his, his pistol. Blaster. He loves his pistol. That's right. And I think there's a really beautiful scene where after Kylo kills his father, there's that that scream from Chewbacca where that heart rages because. Yeah. You his don't get time well, that, and you don't get time to think about it. But he has also known Ben his whole life. Yeah, he watched yep. Ben grow so up. That's, he's like an uncle. Yes, yeah. 
So, like, there was a small comic panel about it where it's, like, these flashes of Chewie, like, tossing young Ben up or yeah, playing with Ben. Shoulders, right? And, like, he's crying because mm-hmm. now this child who he loves has killed the man he loves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, his best friend is now dead because of his son. And it's just this heart-wrenching scream. And then Chewie gonna Chewie. Boom. <laughs> Chewie got a Chewie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about one, at least one thing that we really loved about the film. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about flaws and how we... But let's be constructive about we're right, it. We're right. Yeah. Our constructive criticism, how mm-hmm. would we fix said flaw? You can't bitch unless you have a solution. I, well, I mean, you can bitch. You can. You can, but, you can, but you're right. not you're not doing anything about it but bitching if mm-hmm. you don't have a solution. Mind if I go first, guys? No, sure, I, yeah, I'm looking it. at my, you, so my, go ahead. My complaint would be, before the movie came out, they made a huge deal about Captain Phasm, right? Hey, Phasma. Phasma, sorry, Phasma. It's okay. It's the girl from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and Brienne. she's wearing this amazing armor that's silver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's wearing this amazing armor, and she's this captain supposed to be feared, and then she gets very little screen time. Uh, to me, I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't get it. Why is she such a badass? She hasn't done anything. Well, kind of weird because J.J. Abrams created her specifically right. out of his love for the film series Phantasm. That's that why her sense. name is Phasma, I mean, and sense. that's why her armor is that silver, silver. because of those silver balls hmm. okay. that fly through and, in, in Fata- Phantasm. It, but one way to make, and so from my opinion, she didn't really do anything that made her stand out to be either a badass or I, I as I a know. character to be remembered. Mm-hmm. She just looks but cool. Mm-hmm. There's a way you can kind of fix that. And if you remember the beginning of the movie, she uh, approaches Finn, who has his helmet off, and she's like, "Hey, what's what's going on? Who told you to take your helmet off? Go, you know, go to whatever. Get go it, looked at. Yeah, go report whatever." Yeah. The scene where they're all kind of captured after what plant they're on, and uh, Poe comes and kind of saves them. There's a guy who says the epic line, "Traitor!" and takes out the baton. The <laughs> whole time, as an audience, you're kind of like, "Who is that guy? How does he know that Finn's a traitor?" Because you never see him without their helmets. Because they make right. that. You replace that guy with the captain movie makes sense and have them fight it out like that you want you get to see her fight two she can identify finn three she's leading the the charge from the front line yeah. like a captain should do mm-hmm. and then you can be like oh well of course she knows he's a traitor she saw him without his helmet on right nobody else has seen him like that makes a whole lot more sense real simple fix kind of help build up that character more more character development. it helps make the character a little bit more right. prominent because as of as of right now she's just another yeah, she's, well she's another boba fett from the yeah, original trilogy yeah, yeah. She, but not as head, cool head cool armor Good for you. Right. That yeah, was exactly. armor special. We don't know. But, and I think that could have, if you expound upon that idea, it could have given you more. Like when Poe's gunning these down, like maybe she could have taken a blast or two right. before she went because that armor That armor could have maybe absorbed it. Yeah. yeah. Could have been like yeah. from the Mandalorian series and, and on, able to absorb and it. Like we talked earlier, you have to go to outside media mm-hmm. to find out her story. Right. And if you find out her story, because there's, there's a novel about her and then there's a six issue comic book series. You read about her, and she is an interesting character, right. but we get nothing about her in the films. Mm-hmm. And maybe there would have been more in, you know, the last uh, Jedi, right? But I mean, well, we'll, we'll now know. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. We'll get to that when we get to that. My request would have been that they handled lightsabers better. In this, they kind of handle lightsabers almost like swords. The lightsabers, while similar are not the same i would say more like they handle like baseball bats anybody can pick up a baseball bat and swing it well i don't so i've never minded the idea that that one of us could handle a lightsaber maybe not as well as a luke skywalker or a kylo ren but like we have an idea of how this we know not to swing into ourselves (laughs) basic functional defensive systems kick in and you're like okay boom 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 
because during the whole fight, Kylo's not taking Rey or Finn seriously. That's why they're able to stand their ground. Also, he's bleeding from a very grievous wound that's in many a men flying where he just took a knee. You're talking about the fight at the end. Yes. Because well, they, they in, do it before, but I'm saying at the in end. In general, yes. Okay. Anytime a lightsaber makes connection to a, a character that matters, it's kind of like a scratch. When Kylo Ren goes up Finn's back with a lightsaber, that's it. He's cut in half. Hot dog ways. Yes. Like, that's just the way it is. Like, or when, when Ray takes it up his face, it's just a scratch, but it doesn't really get under the chin, but it kind of caps up the chin. Yeah. And it's like... Well, it's actually kind of like the chest yeah, well, all the way up the neck to the face. Yeah. And, and it, not to be the devil's advocate, but mm-hmm. Kylo Ren just dig in with the tip of the lightsaber. He didn't take the whole saber through his spine. He just kind of went with the, the tip that would just cut his spine. Now, yes, it, it really all does... Go it, back it, it, to it did, just the tip. It did, yes. yeah. It's, sadly, yeah. It didn't like go like through him and completely mm-hmm. rip out his spine like Predator. But like, I want them to handle them better for that. Okay. Like, so, if that's so the case, they should die. Yes. Yeah, like finish been Or dead. you take a limb, or you have just a grievous wound. Once Ray got Kylo with that lightsaber, mask central, baby, because he needs Only that to breathe. Now, because she's cut into his lungs and his throat and his face. He's missing his teeth jaws. and eye, half a like, nose. Right. So now he's got what he wants. So you're saying that it, it, it the lightsaber pain that is mm-hmm. caused, you know, needs to mirror more of the Lucas body part flying yeah. that, that yeah. is mm-hmm. so prevalent in the other six films. Yeah. Pain, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, seen, people he, lose limbs constantly. Yeah, he's right. saying yes. overall damage. Yeah. He's saying the overall damage yeah, of the right, lightsaber right. should be, you're yes. losing right. a limb. It's something serious. Not like, oh, I got cut by a sword. Am I bleeding? No, but Outshrew guys. Yeah, which like, is which essentially a little band saying band that good. it doesn't it doesn't match the same yes. limb flying that mm-hmm. you get from the other films. It's just say it's what you will about the prequels, cuts. and we'll say a lot. At least they kept a lot of that similar to lightsabers, as we said. Limbs go flying. Oh, yeah. left and right. Yeah, Jango Fett's head goes flying. Yeah, heads are off. That's like a, that's a limb. <laughs> the part I liked is when Kylo would get close and he would bury the hilt into them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was nice because it would like that. That's it, fine. Like, it it'd go cut. in, right. you'd hear it sizzle and, f- and burn the flesh. All right, yeah. But it's like, you can't pussyfoot around such a weapon. Do you know what I mean? No, I, that's I agree. What, I that's agree. what I feel. Like, if you want to do this, dive in. If you didn't want him to, right. if you just, wanted to live through the wound, yeah. have Kylo cut him with the that hilt part as opposed mm-hmm. to the actual big blade. Mm-hmm. Like, go up to his back and just be like, boop, you're done. Or instead of spinning around and giving him his back, just block up. Cut up his chest. Yeah, big slice, slice and big scar. Yeah, now he's got a big scar in his chest, mm-hmm. and there's not as much nerves and spine in the front of you, so right. you got to live through that a little bit more. A back to tank well, visit, and everybody all back to normal. And that's like just a minor thing that I personally yeah. didn't like because it also felt like it didn't even cut the jacket. Like, because when you look, the jacket's still <laughs> all in one piece. That's true. The jacket would like they don't have back to tanks for clothing. I'm pretty sure. Maybe they do. It's the future. <laughs> Actually, well, it's the past. But, yeah. but long time if ago. it's still sure. just the tip of the lightsaber, then it wouldn't have destroyed, it wouldn't have cut through the whole jacket or the whole person. It See, would have just left that very, very, very bad burn mark going up. Right. But I but think. Again, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to. I'm not yeah, going we're to. We're not nitpicking our nitpicks. Right. It's exactly. Just... Exactly. So, so that's what you would have mm-hmm. wanted. That would have been your little rewrite. Yeah. Make the lightsaber battles matter. Count. Yes. If you're going to hurt mm-hmm. somebody. Make it count and not just mm-hmm. the pussyfoot around. Yeah, okay. everybody can have a robot hand. Everybody can have one. <laughs> everybody could have one, but mm. it, but that would even be more of a retread of the original trilogy. Maybe. I think for me, there, there's a handful of things that I would probably rewrite, but f- but personally speaking, 
I think what would have been nice at the time, not knowing where this trilogy is going, I would have liked our original cast members to at least have one damn scene. <laughs> oh, did I just steal yours? <laughs> we'll just share it. I'm, okay, fine. We'll share, we'll share it. it. That that's was going to be mine. That's too. kind of yeah. a big one. Yeah. It is a big one. That was I, be mine I too. kind of feel, especially in hindsight, I kind of feel a little cheated that we did not get at least two minutes I of Leia, yeah. Han, Chewie, and, and Luke. Luke. In a scene together. Now that now that Rise of Skywalker has come out and yeah. we've gotten that that pseudo flashback to Luke and Leia training, it, it does beg the question: Why couldn't we have had a two or three minute flashback in Force Awakens of the three of them, four of them? I would even say with with Chewie, I would have all four of them. Why couldn't we have had a flashback with all four together? Even if it's just two or three minutes, just one more time. Give us the original cast together. You yeah, done give it us with something. them training like a baby Kylo or hanging out with baby Kylo. It maybe the day, maybe the day that mm-hmm. that yeah. Ben been... goes off to the academy. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. To be trained by maybe Luke, they all kind of get a hug and a goodbye. You know. Yeah. Or or if you don't want the happy stuff, do it the day that Luke has to tell Leia and huh. Han. Yeah. Uh, I screwed up. Yeah. Uh, your well, son's gone evil, uh-huh. and uh, he's it he's maybe my fault. All, all, he's off. Uh, being a part of the first order. Yeah. So here's a map. See you guys. <laughs> right. Well, th- th- that is our combined rewrites of what we would have changed in The Force Awakens. But we don't want to know what you would change. We really want to know who your favorite character was introduced in this first chapter of this new trilogy. Head on over to our website at mybigfatpolis.com and let us know. Was it Finn? Was it BB-8? Was it Moz? Was it Poe? Was it Poe? Who knows? Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Now this is a pretty polarizing one. Here we go. It, it is. Oh, yikes. It is. You either love this film or you hate this film. There's not a lot of people that walk the line in between. No, this is uh, that, that would be me. It's, it's, yeah, that, would be, walk, me as, that would be me as well. I think you two stand alone. Because most of the that's everything like, I read, it's either works. love it or hate it. You want to stand alone with me? Yeah, let's okay. stand alone. We're alone together. We'll, we'll be independent your, together. You're yeah. one couple. How's that? They're the Jerks. lone rangers. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't yes. pluralize lone. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a pack of loner wolves. That's right. Pack of loner wolves. Me personally, I think there's there's more bad stuff in this film than good. I don't think it's complete garbage. It's definitely my least favorite out of this new trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I would almost, I, I would definitely, it's definitely better than Phantom Menace, though. Yes. I can at least say that. There's a positive thing I, think I can say. I, really, I'll speak uh, for really, me. The, you would say that? I yeah, think better the than Disney trilogy in general is better than the, the prequel trilogy. I, I would even say that each individual yes. film, yeah. including this one, yeah. is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mr. X and I have talked about Last Jedi in comparison with the prequel trilogy before, and the one thing that that I keep saying about the Last Jedi, regardless of any of the issues, regardless of the story plots, the the things that felt weird, you know, all of that, the dialogue was better. Oh God, yes. Than the prequels. No, that's and true. And the acting. Yeah. Oh, the acting was, was better. better. Yes. And the effects better. and the camera yep. work were mm-hmm. better. That alone makes it easier and more enjoyable to watch as a movie than any one of the three prequel films. Even if it doesn't quite feel like a typical Star Wars film, See, I, I can agree with you there. The well, prequels are great for when you want to fall asleep. 
<laughs> no, I'm not, fa- not right Phantom out. Menace because I just get mad at it. <laughs> I can give you everything but special effects because I feel special effects were of the time. So I think if George Lucas had today's special effects, because back then those special effects were kind of we're still coming up. Yeah, but I will say this in regards to it, I agree with you a lot, especially when you compare the fact that they were done very similarly. It was George Lucas writing and directing, Rian Johnson writing and directing, and no one to tell them, "Hey, maybe not do this." But you don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we don't. Maybe we don't need Yoda in a lightsaber fight. Maybe put Mace Windu in there instead. Well, that's that's the problem that the Dooku fight. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I disagree with you. <laughs> I was waiting all my life to see Yoda actually fight, fight with a I'm lightsaber. Gonna to, I'm going to have to disagree with you, too, Crystal. It was the best part of Attack of the Clones. Okay, uh, that's, that's but, a Patreon. That's, a, that's, yeah. At the end, after you meet the clones. Thank you. But, that's, <laughs> but that is what you're, what you're hitting on. That is, mm-hmm. and I think that now is a good enough time as any to bring this up, that's the number one problem with the Disney trilogy yes and it becomes apparent with this film yes it's it's the idea that it does not matter how good or bad the prequel trilogy is it doesn't matter whether you like it or not or whether it connects closely to the originals or not the three films on their own just as the prequels a a trilogy of its own are cohesive they are very similar. Yep. Both all their good and their bad mm-hmm. points. They are very similar because you have one driving force running it. It's the same thing with Marvel. Yeah, there are Marvel movies that are better than others. Yeah, there are Marvel MCU movies that are maybe you can argue are weak. But none of them are horrid. None of them are bad. And they all kind of have that same pseudo feel because you have Kevin Feige overseeing everything. This is the first time in a trilogy for Star Wars that we don't have that. Mm -hmm. Clearly, things are set up in Force Awakens. But the problem here is that with J.J. not sticking around, and I do blame him partially for not sticking around, the other problem is Kathleen Kennedy not holding Johnson accountable for the things that he's wanting to change yes and i i'm fine with changes and i'm Mm -hmm. fine with moving in different directions but without that one central voice steering the ship it feels out of place was it pistol or mr x that said the best they were like all the roads that abrams built in force awakens it was it was mr x said he's like all the roads that he built all whatever he's like johnson's came in and either just like roadblocked it or just like cut it off and was like that road's gone different road now detour or and nothing against road. nothing against Ryan Johnson. Fine, He's an amazing but, filmmaker. But as, but as a fan, but you're like, where did this come like from? Well where did enough. this go? Like, I don't get hardly. Where are you going with this? Yeah. <sighs> it, it's because there was no clear vision, right, for this trilogy. And or, if there was, if there was, because Abrams did not stick yes, around to do it, all three him. films, it's not. It's That's not necessarily took it, it with them. It's okay. So here's what I set up, and here's all of my ideas for where you could take this. And Johnson comes in and goes, hmm, hmm, yeah, 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 and throws it away. Throws and it over his shoulder like a lightsaber. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, and says, I'm going to do what I want to do. Seen, we've seen at Marvel, we have seen how Marvel will let go a director halfway through pre-production when it it's clear that the director is taking the film in a direction they don't want it to go in. Right. Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy should have stayed on top of it. Again, I, I blame J.J. because... You can't you can't set up. He should know better going going into this after having done Star Trek and done all the projects that he's. But that's classic JJ. 
when he left Lost, as much as I love Lost, the season that he left, Lost dipped. He does this every time. When he leaves something, it dips. Uh, you know what? Well, with the except, for, except for Star Trek. That third Star Trek saying, movie Beyond is, was better is, than yeah, Into Darkness. Yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, that, that's the one exception to that. But Into Darkness looked beautiful. I had issues with Into Darkness. But, but, uh, but story-wise... Beyond was more yeah, I, entertaining. I, I will agree with you on that. I will agree with you. But on this that is one. not us but, talking about Star no. Trek. This is us talking about Star Wars. However, we could <laughs> if you went to the Patreon and wink, asked wink, us nudge, to. Nudge. Yeah, I feel if if somebody higher up would have said, "Here's where we're going. As long as you get here, you can do pretty mm-hmm. much whatever you want to do. But this, 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 and this." have to be worked out because we're building to that. And unfortunately, Johnson was just like, uh, building, building. Nope, we're going to cut this right there in the middle. It's unfortunate. That being said, though, there are some positive things about the film. Mm -hmm. And just like the previous film, we're going to go around and we're going to talk about the one thing that we loved about The Last Jedi. This time we're going to start with Dr. Impact. Oh, wow. One thing that I love about the last jedi and um, it can't be it was beautiful <laughs> yeah no i think we've already we've already hit that it's such um, a pretty movie you know i i can find something to enjoy in any star wars movie as i said star wars is star wars if there are lightsabers and the force and there's jedi i don't care how bad it is even phantom menace <laughs> i'll sit through it star wars is star wars to me but i i will say that it is hard for me to find something in last jedi that i love I guess I would have to take one moment in the film. I love the kamikaze moment at the end. The um, burst into... into The suicide at the end? The suicide. Oh, the, yeah. the, the, the light speed jump. The light speed the, jump. The Thank you. That's, I couldn't yeah. figure out the wording. Thank you. Yes, the light speed jump. I almost said starburst jump, but that's a totally yeah, different speed. sci-fi that's a delicious show. Jump. That's yes, a, we're, we're, we're not talking about We're not Farscape. talking about Farscape here. Yes, the light speed jump into the into the uh, first order ship was just an amazingly awesome sequence. I just absolutely loved that whole sequence, and I guess I, you know I know we said only one, but I guess if I would add another Yoda, but uh, it's it's hard for me to find things that I loved about mm-hmm. Last Jedi. I liked and enjoyed the film, but it's hard to pick a loved item. Pistol? I, I think I'll have two, too. Um, one is simple. One is I like the We don't orcs. have any tutus around here. Oh, if you... I did. I like they were they were cute, inoffensive little creatures that people were like were going to make Inoffensive? Up. Yeah. Inoffensive? Yeah. I, was a, oh, I was so offense. Oh, were you? I took offense and a post. Oh, my God. I, I can imagine with <laughs> Puns, other I racial stereotypes yes, that exactly. they gave, oh, like the you, prequels. Yeah, watch it with the subtitles on, yeah. buddy. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and expletive. Wow. Oh my God. They went there. I thought they were cute and inoffensive. Uh, okay. they, they were whatever. I, I, right. I thought. And for what they, the reason that they had to be put in. Yeah, like, I, I get it. They were a natural species. You know? they, were, they were cute. Well, they, uh, they were there to cover up the, the problems that they had on set. They couldn't keep the birds off the set. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, I get it. That's fine. They, they, so they CGI'd fake birds over the yep. real birds. Yep. yep. They can't fly. Porgs can't fly. Mm-hmm. Well, per, well, see, I, I said my lost words. What part was it? Penguins? I don't know what they were, but just it was birds. Oh, okay. some birds, sort of a man, birds. some sort of birds or oh, penguins or something that were on the the okay. location that they were shooting no, like, that they couldn't get rid of. So they had to CG yeah. something over it, yeah, yeah. and then they ended up saying that it felt odd that it was just that one scene. So they put it throughout the thing. Okay. I, I don't love them. I don't hate them. They I were just cute. Them. Okay, they were just cute. So there's like one. Yeah. And while I disagree with why it happened, I liked Luke's arc because it was a quick arc yeah. through the whole movie. 
And at okay. the end, it comes all around. And character development. He yeah. grew as a mm-hmm. person. Okay. You think okay. he was done growing? He wasn't. And to me, that's that's the real problem with the movie, is that it focuses on character development, and that's it. Not story. Anyway, regardless. And and not even full character development. No. Correct. It's, it's a little bit of character development on some characters, and, and think, it doesn't necessarily go as far as it should. And it's character regression to do the new character development. Yeah. That I'll come to that when it's my turn for our next mm. segment. Okay, okay. So the, the, that's the stuff that you liked, mm-hmm. loved. Liked. L- loved slash porgs, loved. Loved Porgs, liked Luke's art. <laughs> for, for me, it's only kind of one. And... Uh, I know a lot of people hated it, but thank you for following the rules. At least, yeah, <laughs> it's the only one I have this time. This time, just the one, and it's when Poe is in his X-wing, comes across the Juggernaut, and he's like, "Hey, I'd like to speak to Hux." He's like, "I'm here," and Hux does his little speech, and Poe's is like, "Yeah, whenever I can get him, it'd be great. I can wait." And then the, he's like, "I'm here," and like and he's just messing with him, and I was like, "That is Poe." And someone goes, "No, man, he's being way cocky." And I go. Poe is cocky. I go, go back to Force Awakens. He does the same thing with Kyle Rowan. He gets captured. Like, hey, man, do you talk? Do I talk? Who talks first? I don't know how this thing goes. It does and fit I, and, with and the character. It does now, fit with the character. The rest of that whole scene I absolutely hated, but I thought that was really funny when he was sitting there by himself because I was like, one, it shows he's got courage just to fly up in his little X-Wing and be like, I'm going to take these guys on by myself. It's like, wow, that's old school going back to Empire Strikes Back. Like, I take on the whole Empire by myself, Luke. All right. Well, well, and it's you know, also it's a right. moment of levity before things get really, really oh, yeah. serious, right? Where this battle is concerned. The, the, but the, I, I agree with you. I do. I like that too. Uh, if I had to pick one thing that I loved slash liked somewhere in that vicinity, mm-hmm. it would have to be the the character development between Ray and Kylo. Yes, that was interesting. That stuff really worked for me. It, all of that mm-hmm. in the film, I thought was spot on. Question you know, round like, of a round of applause for that writing because that was engaging. I'm like, whoa! I've never seen this before. It's suspenseful because like, where's you, this going? Well, like, right, but, but you to? don't. You've never seen this before in a, in a Star Wars right. film, and you're wondering, are are we developing new powers? Does this mean that there is a, a deeper connection between these two characters? Are they brother and sister? Are they cousins at yeah. least? Cousins could could make sense. Sure. Did did Luke have a child that he didn't know about, or is she the female clone of Luke Skywalker? That was a, that was one yeah. of the theories that I had floating in my head, waiting for Rise of Skywalker is to come out. Is she a Kenobi? That was the other really big Kenobi. Well, yeah, right. I think co- the Kenobi thing comes from one of the questions that wasn't answered on the last movie, where the last thing Ray hears as she's touching the lightsaber is. Obi Wan's yeah, voice. You hear, you yeah, you hear you hear Obi Wan. Like yeah. he is the clearest of the voices, and he is the last voice. Right. So that I think was a lot of people's wink, wink to who is she and where does she come from? Yeah, but 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 the, that relationship being developed—that's what I really really liked about that. So we did it before, and we're going to do it again. It's time to rewrite this film, mm-hmm. and we've got a little bit. To, there's some ground rules on this one, though. There better be. Yes. This is how we're going to deal with the beginning and the end. Okay. The beginning, we're all in agreement. You weren't there for this this conversation, Dr. Impact, so just just go with it. We're all in agreement that the film should have taken place at least one year later, not two or three hours Mm -hmm. later. Right. Mm -hmm. And we also agree that the ending should not have ended with them flying away and, oh, they heard our message, but nobody came. Yeah. It should have been Lando Calrissian showing up with just enough ships to help them escape, mm-hmm. but 
somebody should have responded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as long as we follow those ground rules, mm-hmm. anything is up for debate. Okay. So Smurfy, why don't you take us through your bit of rewrite? My bit of rewrite. So throughout the whole movie, they keep bringing up, hey, we've got a way to track ships through light speed, which has never been heard of before. Right. That, it's and, like, oh, and great. New technology. Me, me and the audience was thinking, like, how can you do that? This technology hasn't been invented yet. You've never been able to do this before and then all while sudden, of a sudden. Then all of a sudden you meet a little kind of an absent-minded mechanic named Rose. And you're like, who is this girl? And you feel like that. I feel like they didn't do anything with her. My rewrite is she's a spy for the First Order playing the clumsy kind of little bit of absent-minded girl. Hmm. So you kind of keep most of the dialogue the same. We were talking about Finn. Uh, you have to change the part where she has a sister, but that's not doesn't affect the story all that much. But she's a spy, and she's the reason why they can track to light speed. Anywhere they go, she just transmissions right back over. Hey, guys, we're here. So we get rid of the whole, ah, we can yeah. track them through hyperspace. Exactly. And it's, how it's are they practical. tracking us they through think, hyperspace? And, and the First Order's just like, well, we have ways to track you through hyperspace. with our new technology. No, 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 it's really a spy. First Order's lying, so that's what they would do. It all makes sense. She gets in close with Finn and the rest of the heroes, so she knows their plans and can keep telling them back. So you keep that okay. minded. You, you can also give that actress room to grow like because everyone was like oh she couldn't do anything well we don't really know but that would have been a great way to, to challenge her I, been like if she had nothing the against not. the actress who played rose but right. I, i'm sorry there was just nothing there for me D- yeah. well me neither but and, and i know she got belittled on twitter and all that stuff and i was like well this could have maybe helped fix some of that too well and she plus, wasn't a very interesting character she, well, that's the problem she and, wasn't she's was super boring and this kind of fixes it her yeah. being a spy and double agent yeah Immediately, you're like, I'm. Well, that also takes away their need to break onto Snoke's ship to yep. de- deactivate and something. go to the casino planet to get a hacker, mm-hmm. or right? Whatever. And, and then we that. completely cut out Benicio del Toro, yep. who did nothing, nothing. for yeah. this film. Like I said, this fixes absolutely a whole bunch nothing. Without like this little bit can change a whole bunch of the movie. And make okay. it that much well, more. Well, you've intriguing. now made me more interested in Rose, mm-hmm. and I think it adds a cool idea for her character to go. Would she once becoming good friends with everyone? betray the first order and be like you know mm. what guys well that's a good yeah Ooh, i've been the spy i'm be, so sorry that would yeah. actually be very like i've been a doctor or does she stick they're with holding the my order? sister hostage yeah, yeah. i have and to do the reluctant sister. spy and that's why maybe you need to break or she's ship. like my sister fought for you guys maybe, my sister maybe, fought yeah. for you guys and died and i don't believe in your cause so i became a double agent but now i believe in your cause i know what my sister fought for i was wrong I, you know what? Character I can even growth. go for that. Yeah, one, no, or one. She That's just sticks with the first order, yeah. escapes, <laughs> and now she's going to be a villain in the next yeah. one. She be, she can become uh, Captain Phasma. Right, too. she really was. Phasma uh, too. You know, Phasma's <laughs> l- lackey. Yeah. yeah, sure. Sounds good. Okay, okay. Well, let, uh, let's move on to. So mine is again. It deals with Rose because to me, a lot of the problem becomes Cantino bites because it's such a in your face political talking point Mm, yeah but it's not done well because they regress finn's character to still be that kind of coward when at the end of the force awakens he has found what he's fighting for yeah so i feel that kind of rian was like no no no, let's kind of ignore that And like when he wakes up it's kind of silly he's in a big spongy suit and he's a coward again it's like well mm, no but let's say for some reason they do need to go to cantino bite for whatever to me, the two you send are Poe Dameron and Finn. Okay. That's a weird and combo. the reason you do that is for kind of what Smurfy hit on. Poe is a cocky pilot. He thinks war is jumping in his X-Wing, shooting the bad guys, laying a quip in, and then going home. But now he's on this mission with someone who has actually seen the horrors of war. While his flyboy nature is like, hey, we're going to park the ship here, which... 
Okay. Start them where they park illegally. Yep. Okay. So we're we're just gonna forget a lot of that <laughs> yeah. because like you rewrite this, a lot of this would make right, better right, sense. Right. 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 So now they they park on the beach where somebody told them not to anyway. Poe tells that guy to shove off, and, and Finn's like, "No, like we can't do this. We gotta follow there, the rules, man. Or we're, the, we're there are the mission. consequences to what we do." And Poe says, "Your consequences, Poe Dameron. Do what I want." So they go in. Consequences occur. They go. They meet the children and and. Poe is just befuddled by this. He's like, well, wait a minute. Wars can affect children? And then <laughs> child soldier Finn is like, yeah, man. So through this, instead of just getting the lesson at the end when Holder kills herself because she had a plan all along, whatever, right. he literally goes through and sees what war can do to people and is kind of walked through it by someone who has been raised as a child to be a killer. I like that your... way that way you make the, both characters more interesting. Yes. Be- and they can also compare and contrast with each other. Mm-hmm. Can, I sl- can I slightly tweak yours? Hold on one second. Also, because they have so much better chemistry than Rose and Finn. I'm sorry. I like that they did, actress. They did, they did a buddy system. But like they are best friends or gay lovers, depending on what you ship. Again, we're not here to kink shame. But they're not they, best friends just yet. But your rewrite. But that would by the end yeah. of this film now mm-hmm. they should be best friends. Yes, they were close. Yeah. You know that they escaped together. Mm-hmm. Thought they were dead. Oh wow. Okay, we one gave another a name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So my small tweet to that would be: I think Poe has seen like the drama of war, watching his friends blow up in X-Wings. Sure. But you show, like your, your point, you show him that like those people dying in battle have families. And you meet like the kids who are like, his my cavalier attitude yeah. towards He's it. He's like, oh man, me rushing lessen. to battle mm-hmm. and getting my co-pilots killed thinking I'm all brave and bold is leading to these people being like, well now we're orphans because our dad died fighting alongside you. Yeah. And it's just, and that's when, that's when Poe's like, oh, and Finn's like, yeah dude, I told you being on the other side of it, I've seen it firsthand. It kind of sucks. And that, Character development on both sides. Right. So that's why that just be my small tweak. Like, mm-hmm. Poe's seen it. Poe's seen co pilots blow up and fellow X Wings and stuff. You but get, now you're seeing mm-hmm. their families get affected and Poe having to face that. Well, you and get a, also a better story for that character than sure. the whole, okay, well, mutiny. I don't like being kept in the dark, dark so yeah. I'm going to, to have mutiny? a mutiny. Which, uh, and like, there's no reason character. to keep anyone in the dark, dark on your plan, plan unless there, Smurfy, is a mole. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, See, right. hey guys, sit tight. Because, like, if it wasn't Poe, it would have been someone else. Because eventually you're going to get cabin fever and be like, they're literally picking us off ship by ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just saw two of our big ones go. And rather than split the fleet into a thir- into threes and each take our own way and hope for the best, we're just sitting here dying. Yeah. Also, the idea that any of those captains had to sit behind on those ships to get destroyed is Stupid. I'm sorry. There's droids. They're uh, called yeah. astromech yeah. droids. They're designed to mm-hmm. pilot mm-hmm. for a reason. Yeah. Ugh. Also, uh, the again. idea that Finn and Rose's ship had light speed, but they were running out. Of- anyway, yes, yeah. there are a lot of good ideas that are poorly executed in this movie, and a lot and I of it's the rewrites. Yeah, and the, and yeah. the rewrites would definitely help. The, the Holdo stuff to me. I'm going to take us to the original Jedi Temple now, okay? Because that's what Luke was looking for—the yeah. original yeah, yeah. Jedi Temple. By following the rules that we set up at the beginning mm-hmm. of this segment, a year has passed. So. Instead of throwing his lightsaber over his shoulder <laughs> into the water, <laughs> like Idiot. an ass hat, yeah. mm-hmm. we, we we come in on a training session between Luke and Ray, and and Ray is doing all the work. Luke's kind of just sitting there. I like the idea of yes, okay, fine. I realize 
The universe needs help. I can't give it to you. I can't be the one. But you know what? I'll do what I can. Sure, fine. I'll I'll give you some pointers. I'll I'll help you so that you can go off and tell my sister to leave me the hell alone because I'm still in exile. But instead of just being, wow, I made a mistake and I can't correct that mistake and I'm going to shut myself off from the force, I think it would be a better idea if when he had that thought of striking Ben down and he is, he does regret it and he can't say he can't say I'm sorry and no that slip into the dark side is still there it's constantly hanging over him like a cloud he's not cut off from the force he's just diminished it because he's afraid that dark side will seep in so Every now and then, when he does allow himself, or if Ray, you know, pushes his buttons, he can get that, I don't want evil Luke, but we can have shades of evil Luke. And I think that, added to what he already had for his character in this movie, would have made it a little bit more complex than just, wow, I really screwed up, so I'm not going to do anything about it. But here's and a map to find me. I you but were, yeah, but here's a map to I find me. The other thing that can be used with that same idea, Mr. X, with what you're talking about mm-hmm. as 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 a rewrite, and this is not my my pick for rewrites, but it is another rewrite idea that could yeah. do, could have been used. The one thing that this film does not do that any of the other Star Wars films does is it yes, it doesn't start in the, the correct time jump from the previous film. But the film itself seems to only take place over the course of what twenty four to forty hours. I'd say forty eight to seventy two. At, it at feels most, like, it feels like three it days. At most, it feels like five it hours. It feels like it happens so in real time, pace. but yeah. it does. You know, it's right. it's clearly over it's a clearly, day. It's or not two, Star Wars. Still, it's twenty four. Right. right. If it had been drawn out, all the other Star Wars movies take place at the very least over the course of a week or two. Agreed. Um, if not longer. If not yeah. longer. Yeah. yeah. And that also, if if the film had been structured in that way, that would have given more time visually to an audience watching the film to actually see Luke struggle with the things that you're talking about. So, and again, that's not my choice, but I think that that's something that plays into what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Or something to go along with it, like he has secluded himself to try and purge this from him and in hopes that by the time they find him, he, he will have purged, yeah, he will oh, have cleansed yeah. this feeling, and he will feel like Luke Skywalker again. Because yeah. I really like the idea of um, he began to believe the legend of Luke Skywalker. Rather than be Luke Skywalker the person, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm not that. I'm that. I am the legend. I am the untouchable empire killing. I am the Luke bad, Skywalker. Yeah, I am the Luke Skywalker. Right, and I'm that's Skywalker. why I don't want him to fall back into the hype. It's not, yes. I'm waiting to to fix myself. Mm. It's, I'm broken. There's nothing that's going to be done. I need about. to fix me. Let me meditate. But again, that's just my rewrite. Yeah. yeah, no, I think no, I, I like think it because I, I, I would add on to that. Where that's what he's talking to the old like Yoda and Obi Wan, being like, "I broke myself. How do I fix myself?" And it's a lot of more Jedi training. Well, right. And Yoda would else. be like, Yoda would hit him with the yeah. stick and go like, "Broke you are not." Right. And, and uh, you know, even like Obi Wan can be like, "Oh, still young and bashful, even though he's old." And I don't know. You like, are yeah. reckless. Right. Like uh, I think that would have been great. Yeah. Well, I think spiritually. seeing Yoda was nice. A lot of people. We're bitching that like, oh, he's too funny. Yeah, Yoda real was. Yoda was serious. I'm like, no, no he wasn't. No, he Remember wasn't. the scene? Jedi, well, yeah, where, where Luke's like, is Vader my father? And Yoda goes, mm, sleep, I must, and like yeah. turns away from him. How like about when Yoda did have a sense of humor. Flashlight. 
Well, no, but he's really throwing all the yeah. stuff out of the throwing case. It. Yeah, yeah well, like, that's food. And he's that's like, like, dude, you're making a mess. Yeah, like, well, that's like on. Yoda People playing just this wanted part. Something to bitch about. Right. Yeah, that's it. But real Yoda, and unfortunately, the prequels didn't have this. Real Yoda had a personality. He had a sense of humor. Real Yoda loved to troll Luke. You it, got it once well, in the prequels when right, he was in. Oh the... well, it seems Master Kenobi has lost yes. the plan. Yeah, yes. When he's with the younglings, that's the one time you get it. Doctor Impact, what is your rewrite for Last Jedi? Doctor, the the biggest rewrite that I would give to the film is its handling of characters that were set up in Force Awakens by just kind of throwing them away. Mm. Two primary examples, one more than the other. Obviously, we've talked about Captain Phasma Mm -hmm. and how cool Captain Phasma was. I can't believe we just off Captain Phasma by chucking her down a fiery an, an, hole an elevator shaft more or less essentially i and, am very badly and burned. that's and that's <laughs> it this is a character that like you said you know was was built up and promoted to be such a big deal and he, she's very cool looking and wow how interesting to have a female captain stormtrooper all right. that's all very fascinating it gives finn a personal foil to go across, because obviously we all know that Ray and Kylo are going to have to face each other, but that gives Finn yeah. someone, because Poe essentially has Hux and, and the First Order. So, okay. But we off her that quickly yeah. with nothing. We don't get to know anything about Surrounded her. Surrounded by troops, by the way. Surrounded by troops. I have my whole army here. Ah! But but whatever. <laughs> I'll, I will even agree to let that one go. I'll even agree to say, fine, she is a stormtrooper, regardless of the fact that she's a stormtrooper with a name. <laughs> she's a stormtrooper. We let her go. The biggest one is Snoke. To set up something oh, so man. massive in Force Awakens to essentially give us an emperor for a new trilogy and then just cut him in half, in cut him in half without telling us a single thing about him. We know nothing about him, and obviously we do now, after Rise of Skywalker, but at that time, we know nothing about him. We don't know where he came from. We don't know what his aspirations were. If he was even human, what kind of species he was, nothing. Right. How'd he get that scar? It would have been... two scars. And and the rewrite that I would propose, even if you want to do the sequence and everything the exact same way, because this would still tie in with what was eventually done in Rise of Skywalker. But the rewrite that I would propose is go ahead, kill him. Go ahead and turn the lightsaber, have Kylo turn the right lightsaber and kill Snoke. If there is a final scene in the film of Kylo Ren going into a secret chamber and another Snoke steps out. In Rise of Skywalker, we saw the tube of five or six different Snokes. Yeah, yeah. It would have left it on a cliffhanger. We would have not known what the hell was going on. It's a very simple rewrite. Wait, I saw him get killed. Why is he stepping out of a vat? Snoke's not gone. What's the deal? Who is he? I'm going to come back for the next one to find out more. And it's it's a very easy, very simple rewrite without doing. It's just an adding of a of a minute or two scene. Yeah, yeah. You're Phasma. There was a deleted scene. Oh, she, she doesn't just fall down an elevator shaft. Oh, really? She survives the explosion, and Finn stands up. She stands up, and it's her and a few of the First Order troopers survive. And Finn looks at her like it's not going to be a fair fight, and she takes her blaster and blows away all the other troopers, and she's like just one on one. And then she and pulls they, out a spear or a stick. Yeah, a stab, and they fight. And then he knocks her into yeah, the fire. Yeah, then he, he does knock her out, but they they have the fight, like you mm-hmm. said. Hmm. And it's like that's a cool deleted scene that at least gives her some sort of character development instead of just falling down a hole. I mean, so still but disagree, uh, but again, I mean, true, it's but still. it's two moments that 
my, here's my biggest issue, and now I know I'm kind of starting to get into a little bit of Rise of Skywalker here, and I'm going to try not to get too much into that till we hit on that film. But my biggest complaint now, in retrospect, with Last Jedi, is that for the most part, not not in every aspect, there are certain things that don't work, but for the most part, if you remove Last Jedi, you can still follow the oh, Disney yeah. movies. The mo- the, it doesn't, except, and, and again, there are small things that you need it, but but there's so many time jumps in between movies before that I can go I can get around those except for Captain Phasma and Supreme Leader Snoke mm-hmm. and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. And that's a, that's he's, a big he's one. He's the only takeaway yes. you really need from that. Yes. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so, a real, real takeaway is what happens to him and you're like, okay. If I may, rewatching these in order, uh, when I first watched this, yeah, I was viscerally angry at the Turn your lights like the really the twist without the twist. <laughs> and we're going to get to that because I have a whole topic about subverting for the sake of subversion. Snoke was never the villain to me. Rewatching it, it was always Kylo. Yeah, Kylo was. So the... to me, you had Snoke. And yeah, of course, I didn't want to know. But to me, once he was offed, that was just another step in Kylo's path. Again, again, mm-hmm. it is that way because a new writer and director comes in. And does whatever they want. I do, I do not believe, I could be completely wrong, but in my personal opinion, I do not believe that there was ever an idea of bringing the emperor fully himself back. Okay. I, I agree. I, I, and, and maybe the essence of the emperor was always intended to come back and inhabit Snoke somehow. But, mm-hmm. but I do believe that J.J. always intended Snoke to be the ultimate villain, to be the emperor of this trilogy, and Kylo to be the Anakin Vader okay. of this trilogy. See, That's thought, how I felt. I thought Snoke was going to be the, the Palpatine's master. Like, I've been alive the whole time. And or or that, either way, he would be... Either way, he would be the ultimate right. bad but of I, this trilogy. And no, just... the way it played out, no, it doesn't It doesn't play that way now, but I, that's because you don't have someone steering the ship. Right? Again, it's not a cohesive trilogy. It's true. And that's an, uh, that's and, a shame. And I and I will say too, you know, I, I was not initially upset. I mean, I was a little bummed that they took out Snoke, but I was very much in the camp where I I didn't want to see Last Jedi. I just didn't have any interest. And I went and I had a great time. It wasn't until I got the film on on Blu-ray, and I only just got it maybe five or six months ago. It wasn't until I got it and rewatched it in prep for Rise of Skywalker. That I started to to kind of retract and go, oh, yeah, this this film has some issues. Mm-hmm. I still really enjoy it. I still really love it. But yeah, I, I was I was of the opposite camp where I I had a great time in the theater with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the big issues that I had then, and I still have to this day, is the idea of subversion. Rian Johnson likes to be, I subverted your expectations for positive or worse, however you feel, and I feel. That this the, the, okay so, to me and I think he said it himself, the point of this movie was learn from your failures, but the way that this is set up is there's really nothing to learn because it really feels like almost a oh god I, this is an accurate description that I'm remembering it almost feels like it's a Clark Griswold bad mistake after bad mistake <laughs> that leads to the next bad mistake. Yeah. One of the main things I really dislike about this is there's a picture of Rian Johnson holding a little, like, place card that says, your Snoke theory sucks. And to me, you never want to antagonize your fans. Never. 
Like you might have a car that says, I too have a Snoke theory, or that might not be what you want, but never calling out to that. Hell, he could have just, if he wanted to do What's that damn theory? card thing, he yeah. could have held up a card that just said, this is not going to go the way you think it will. Yeah. Or support Rian Johnson on Patreon. <laughs> you know, something like that. But to me, it feels like he, t- he made a movie for him and then added subversions so that it would feel different but the same. Let's compare it a bit. So there's not a snow planet. There's a salt planet. Salt planet. Oh. There's an assault on the salt base, but it's at the end, not the beginning. They also have walkers, though. ATSTs are there. Yes, walkers. they have. They're knuckle dragging walkers. They're gorilla walkers. Yeah, like they're 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 uh, subversions, and it feels like he was just at one point was like, "Well, let's just what do, what do you think should happen here? Okay, do the opposite." Like it, it at some points, it just feels like he's using that trope because he can't think of something else to tell his story. That failure is one of the best things to learn from. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. I get it. And I get it also, you're you're, it's a good analogy to the Clark Griswold, like mm-hmm. just failure after failure after failure. Because mm-hmm. the movie starts out just constantly failing. And you're well, like, for you a film, later. for a film that you know is the second in a trilogy that doesn't want to retread mm-hmm. the previous trilogies, where your middle film right. is dark and and everything goes wrong. He kind of did though. He does, mm-hmm. and and there are parallels to Empire yep. and Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. even though, to him, it's he different. never did that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's different. It, it was completely different. Subversion, just like you said. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big ones no one talks about, and I don't think he thought of it like this, maybe he did, I don't know, was the your parents are no one. A lot of people didn't like it. I liked it just uh, fine. You know what? That was one of the things I was okay with in the movie. Well, because the Force shouldn't care about what blood you have. Right. Not the point here. The point is... I look at that and I go back to Empire. Luke, I am your father. Holy f***, what do you mean the evilest man alive is my dad? Right. Boom. Expectation subverted. And he, like, this is one of the ones I, let me preface this. This is one of the ones I think he subverted correctly. And you are a nobody. So now we're all being like, is she a Kenobi? Is she a Skywalker? Is she but like, she's nobody. She's no one. Oh, it hurts. Not really, because in episode two, Attack of the Clones, you find out that the kids were just born with the powers to be Jedi. So kids are still being born with the powers to be Jedi and born with the Force. With the Metachlorian count, yes. The Jedi right. aren't there to grab them and train them. So she could have been born with the Force, and she's another Force user kid. I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. I do, too. My thing is, is that personally mm-hmm. speaking, it shouldn't have been in there at all. Right. Okay. There should have been no talk. The, the expectation of finding out who Ray's parentage is... Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have been, should have waited until the third film, like it did, but there shouldn't have been no real definite answer from the guy who was writing and directing this particular film. Again, it's one of those dead ends. It's like, oh, yeah. you set this up, well, screw you, dead end. Yep. I mean, to counter that though, and I, I I agree with what you're saying to an extent. Who who's the one who said this? Who's the one who told? Well, it's Ren. Okay. He could be messing. He's a too. liar. Right. He He's a villain at this point. So he could be using anything he can to force Ray onto his I side. I just took it as he was messing with her just to kind of get into her head. To was... turn, help turn her, you know? Well, that's what we think right. about Mr. Johnson's vision for Star Wars. But we want to know your opinions on the subject. 
head on over to our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, the Instagram. We're everywhere. Let us know what you thought about this vision of Star Wars. Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. But he's dead. (laughs) Let's just face it. Okay. J.J. Abrams did the best that he could with what he was given to give everybody an ending. Mm. And 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 resolve a lot of questions. Resolve a lot of questions. There's still a lot of questions not resolved. True, but I give him bonus points for that. True. When a guy comes and takes the work you did, reroutes all the roads to never-ending loops and and dead ends, and to be like, I have to fix this and still make it enjoyable. Well, I don't know about the whole fixing, because there's a lot of stuff he just ignored. True. I mean, And, And it goes back to Dr. Impact's comment earlier about if you took last... Jedi away with the exception the of a few points through right. the river right yeah Th- toss it over your shoulder into the into the water Just remember Luke's dead throw that movie in the, R- the river right uh, you don't need it and it feels like this film should have been number two. episode eight and not episode nine mm-hmm. uh, so I I give Abrams credit for what he did now on top of that and this was something I did not know until our most recent game night when Dr. Impact informed us of a little, and this was before I'd even saw the film. So you're all, oh, every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. my wife and I hadn't seen it yet. So everybody at the game table <laughs> had seen it and wanted to talk about it, but couldn't because we were sitting No, we were, we were talking about it. We were talking in code. R- yes, <laughs> your code. Subversively. Yeah. Yes. The star killers are there. Wink. 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 So, so Dr. Impact, why don't you fill our listeners in to what you clued us in on? I would I would first like to say take this with a grain of salt because right. this has not been confirmed. This is uh, this is a rumor that uh, I read about in an article. However, before I even get into the article itself, I do not find it difficult to believe because executives in Hollywood will do this kind of thing constantly, whether or not you liked Justice League the movie. Or, you know, you had issues with the whole mustache gate that went around all of that. (laughs) Um, It does not change the fact that the reason that Warner Brothers had to digitally remove the mustache is because there was an executive higher up at Paramount who did not like the executives working on Justice League. And to purposely screw them, they said, no, no. Henry Cavill cannot shave the mustache, even though it would have been cheaper and easier for everyone if Warner Brothers just made a uh, fake mustache. mustache. Actually, he he could have shaved the mustache for like oh it was a it was a hundred million yeah, it, was a ridiculous, it was a ridiculous oh, but it was money. it was because because he was he was he was filming the uh, Mission, uh, Mission Impossible, Impossible. Six yeah. Mission Fifth, Impossible and it was better than Justice League. It, and I haven't seen it. I want to see it. But, but, it, well, but it is because it is because there were executives in both offices who did not like each other. <laughs> Similarly, years before, Disney, in their feature film department, got new executives just before John Carter of Mars was released. Now, the executives that were in place who greenlit the film, who put that film through were champions of that film. I'm a huge fan of the Edgar Rice Burroughs novels. And they wanted to do a franchise. And they yeah. wanted a full franchise. Yeah. 
I saw that movie on preview night because I've been waiting for it. And the film is essentially a mix of the first three novels. And I thought that they did a fantastic job with introducing people to this world. However, the new executives took over about a month or two before the movie came out. And these new executives have major issues with the people that were in place before the people who greenlit the film. So to purposely go after them and to purposely slander their name, they killed the marketing campaign on John Carter, thereby destroying its box office. Now, the movie made back its box office worldwide. It is not a bomb in that sense. But domestically, it is considered a bomb, and therefore we never got any sequels, which is unfortunate because it was a decent film. It actually, yeah, it, it was. It actually is good. It's a great, yeah, it's a great sci-fi fantasy film. This is nothing new that happens in Hollywood. Now flash forward to Rise of Skywalker. The article that I have read has stated that at the red carpet premiere, J.J. was furious because the film that was released is not the film he cut together two months prior to. His film is over three hours long. And the idea that people are saying what, what happened is that Disney no longer views, after, after Last Jedi and Solo, Disney no longer views Star Wars as their major tentpole property. They still know that it is a big property and it's still going to bring in a lot, but they view Marvel yeah. as their primary property now. And they caught wind that J.J. was talking to Warner Brothers about moving Bad Robot to Warner Brothers. Well, knowing that J.J. has reinvigorated Star Trek, and then for them, reinvigorated Star Wars, they know his track record. They don't want him to go to Warner Brothers and reinvigorate what they view as their primary competition. Uh, knowing his ability to do so, and knowing that he's in talks to do Superman, Green Lantern Corps, and Justice League, too. Yeah, yeah. And to be essentially the Kevin Feige over there for DC. To make him look bad to the investors, they cut just enough from the film to cause issue with fans. That way fans would gripe and the investors at Warner Brothers would get scared and J.J. would not be offered the position. Now, all of that is a moot point because eventually J.J. took the job and was offered the job prior to, the, to Rise of Skywalker yeah. actually coming out. All it did was blow up in Disney's face because now Disney is releasing this film that is 30-some-odd minutes shorter than what J.J. initially made. And most of the questions that I personally had coming out of Rise of Skywalker, I have learned, were in the footage that was cut. Hmm. Things that were very, very cool at, at the moment when Rey is on the ground at the end and she hears all the Jedi voices... The, the rumor, and again, take this all for a grain of salt, how you will, but the rumor is that Hayden Christensen, Liam Neeson, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor, Samuel Jackson, they were all on set in costume. Oh, wow. I was like... And delivered those lines. And I just re-saw Rise of Skywalker the other night. When she stands up in that moment, you see her look around the room. This is all Jedi. Because, she's, because she, there are a hundred Jedi living in her now. She was supposed to be surrounded by the spirits of every Jedi that has come before. Disney cut all that. And they just Freddy used... Prince Jr.'s voice in it. Yep. They just the used the right? voices. They just used the voices. One of the other things, you know, when I initially saw the film, I thought Finn was running after her, constantly saying, hey, 
uh, I have to tell you something. I thought it was going to be him professing his love or something like that. It's him telling her he's Force-sensitive. Yep. I'm like you, Ray. You're not the only one. You and I are the same. You are not alone. That was what he was supposed to say to her. And the, at the end, when he and, who is, I assume, Lando's daughter, are running Female across... Female Finn. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Female Finn. Female Finn. Are running across the top of the Star Destroyer, Finn apparently did something with the Force. He opens a hatch, right? Or, uh, open, hatch. or something to yeah, that some effect. Some of the hatch, right. And Disney took it out and put in a digital BB-8 who does that move. So that they they tried, and, and it's if you watch it again, man, the second time I saw the film, there are so many times when Finn says, Kylo Ren is here. Yeah. How, how would you know? Except if you're Force-sensitive. And you can, you can sense it. You can sense yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Any time where they could, they cut it. Now, I don't know to the extent of answers. I, I do know that there was more with Palpatine and how he was able to return as opposed to just the one line that they reuse from Revenge of the Sith. I, I do know that there was more to that. I don't know what those details are. But there there's quite a bit in the film to that nature that that these execs essentially hijack their own film, knowing that it's Star Wars, knowing that it's still going to make seven, eight hundred million worldwide, they're still going to be fine. But they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. But they did. Because they, they could have been like the Awakens, and it could have just broke they could have. They could have destroyed Avengers Endgame's yeah. numbers in two easily. weeks. Oh, yeah, easily. And they didn't. But at that point, when you're an executive of Disney, and you've already destroyed box office with Captain Marvel, yeah. Spider- part of Spider-Man's box office, Avengers Endgame, Lion King, Aladdin, and Dumbo, all prior to Star Wars coming out, you don't care. Who cares if you don't if you don't make that extra two or three hundred million? What's, what's another mm-hmm. notch in my belt? Mm-hmm. At that yeah. point, yeah, we can afford to we can afford to mess this up, and and have a have personal a vendetta. Yeah. yeah, some someone we brought you've brought up in the past. I honestly blame a lot of this on Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Like, and, I, and some people might not think that's fair, but I think that's absolutely fair. There's there's two quotes that infuriate me that she said, and the the main one is, "We treat Star Wars like any other tentpole property." No. Right, right. You have to treat each one on its own, on its own merits. You can't just blanket every franchise you have as the same. Toy Story is not the same as Star Wars. Marvel is not the same as live action versions of your classic hits. <laughs> However, keep in mind that Kathleen Kennedy is Lucasfilm. So while I blame Kathleen Kennedy for a lot of the issues that you have with Ryan Johnson, changes that were made by the previous director to Solo prior to Ron Howard coming in and fixing things. Mm-hmm. I blame Kathleen Kennedy for that kind of stuff. But these cuts, these changes, were done by Disney, which is not Kathleen Kennedy. But it kind of is because Disney owns Lucasfilms. So to me, you stand up for what you make. Okay, I get you there. Yeah, she did once again. Mm-hmm. She did not defend the property. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, she didn't do anything with the Last Jedi. Yet fires the dual directors for Solo, who then and go on brings... to make into the Spider Verse. R- right. True. Yeah. Again, you know, but sometimes some creators. Mm-hmm. Work for some properties and some. Brian Johnson, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Knives Out. Yeah. Everything I've heard about Knives Out, people love it. And I would be very excited to see a self contained Star Wars trilogy that has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga 
completely written, if all three are written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes. Completely steered by him. He is a very, very, very intelligent writer and director when he's doing his own if, thing. If you take the if you take the prayer movie, we talked about his movie, Johnson's movie, or get rid of all the heroes that we know that uh, Abrams set up, have all new characters, I think it would have been a fine movie. Something completely different and unique. And like, oh, it's still Star Wars. And that's fine. But see, right. you're playing in the sandbox that's of the, thing. Yes. the yes. saga. You're, you're playing with my toys. This this like, isn't Rogue One, yeah. which got to be different. It right. got to be right. a war movie. Or Solo, which got Solo to be different. Solo was a heist movie. Right. They got to be different, But though. you're playing in the saga. Right. I feel with J.J. Abrams, both The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalkers, feels... They do. They fit. You're in the saga. That being said, mm-hmm. let's jump into what we loved. One thing... Follow the damn rules. <laughs> One thing you loved about Rise of Skywalker. At the end, I loved Ben Solo's little Han Solo shrug when he's got the lightsaber and he's about to take on the Knights of Ren. <laughs> I loved it. It was beautiful. It was To me, this was Adam Driver at his best. We were just like, eh? Eh? All right, let's go. Mine would be, sticking with my theme here, uh, when Lando arrives and all the ships arrive. And you get the nostalgia feel, and you get to see, like, I mean, to me, it, it, it opens up a lot of stuff. World building, all the different sizes of ships, builds hope up again. It was just awesome. Like, that end scene, especially with, the, like, the, the Y-Wing flying around, blowing stuff up, and the X-Wing's going around. You think there's no hope, and there is hope. Loved it all. For me, I think I would pick the one thing that, you know, because there is a divided camp about Rise of Skywalker, the people mm-hmm. that love it and the people that hate it. And the one thing that I keep hearing from the people who hate the film is the one thing that I absolutely love about the film. The amount of fan service that's in it. I can't believe that that if it's supposed to be the last film, that fans would get so upset about... Man, that's all I want. I want three hours of fan service. I yep. want three hours yeah. of freaking Star Wars. It's ego, the yeah. last damn episode right. of the Skywalker saga. Give me everything that I've loved for 40-some-odd years. Yep. And Don't they, deviate. And they no. did. I, I left... Rise of Skywalker feeling so much more invigorated with my passion for Star Wars that I promptly picked up two new novels. And I cannot oh, wait. Wow. I cannot wait for the novels that will start taking place after Rise of Skywalker because I will jump into everything. For me, there's there's a lot that I but I'm sticking to the one rule cuz you know, rules. One. Rule of one. <laughs> Not the rule of two, the rule of one. So many to list, but I think the absolute Favorite, the thing that caught me by surprise and gave me a bit of an emotional response was the memory slash ghost of Han Solo mm. talking yeah. to Ben. When I saw Force Awakens and Kylo kills Han, I'm like, there's no redemption for this character. You cannot come out of this trilogy a hero. And if you do, it's dumb writing. Well, <laughs> in your face, <laughs> the way things work out in this film are the only way that I would have been happy with Ben Solo's character ending. Redemption, sacrifice. Yep. Mm-hmm. He cannot survive the trilogy, and he didn't. he didn't. But it all stems from that memory, ghost, whatever you want to call it. Of his dad, and the fact that they actually got Harrison Ford to come mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. for that one day, of and that they actually kept it such a secret. Yeah, they yes. Kept it a huge secret. I Everyone mean, did. I mean, uh, sure. I I didn't pay attention to social media mm-hmm. for those two weeks that I didn't go see the movie while it was out. But nobody, even none of my friend, none of you, even gave me a hint 
of that happening. So because we're good friends, I appreciate that. <laughs> we are really good friends. But yeah, that's the thing that caught me off guard the most, and that is the one that if I have to pick one. That's the one thing I absolutely Both love about that movie. I couldn't talk to you guys about that for a long time, <laughs> and it really ate up away at me, and I almost slipped several times. Oh, I saw it the week after You know you can always contact me, Sprecher. Sure, I know. Well, usually I right on I didn't know when you stuff, saw it or not, so, yeah, so I, I was know, sitting yeah, there just yeah. twirling my thumbs like, you guys all suck. Eight <laughs> Mr. X is the one who saw it a month after it came out. I saw it a week. One week. Still, that was a long week, man. Two and a half weeks. I, not a month. I, I want to mm. say, too, I really enjoyed Dio. I'm going to throw it out there. Oh, I yeah. Dio. I thought he was fantastic. Because mm-hmm. at first people were like, oh, I, I saw when you another stupid little droid. And I was like, dude, he was delightful. I, I was actually a little bummed that we only got one movie of Dio. Right. I would have liked to have seen, not that I wanted to get rid of R2 and 3PO. No, no, no. I like those too. I like having R2 and 3PO being around, but I would have liked to have seen Dio and BB-8 be the new R2-3PO like in the trilogy. Because he could, t- he was the first robot that could actually talk using words. That was like a dro- like a ro- yeah. droid. And he was and he, funny. And he'd be like, they'd go to touch and be like, no, thank you. And I was yeah. like, oh, poor little guy's afraid. And then they oil him. He's like, oil, thank you. And he's just like spinning around in circles. I was like, Problem I eliminated. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I love this dude. Where BB-8 reminds me of a very hyperactive dog. Yeah. yeah, Dio reminds yeah. me of a cat. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, no, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be touched. Pay attention to me, human, but don't touch me. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yes. All right. So those were our favorites. Let's get into a little bit of the Nick picking because because it's not a perfect movie. It no, isn't. It's, no, it's not. For me, if I was going to rewrite anything, and and again, we don't know. This might actually have been covered in the uh, thirty minutes. The thirty minutes the that are missing. Cut. The JJ cut. Hashtag release the JJ cut. Don't do that. I will. Hey, if they were able to do the whole hashtag Snyder cut, yeah. I get to do the hashtag I, Abrams cut. I don't care about that I, cut I think either. It's already out there. They're they're already starting that hashtag. I know. Well, good. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's let let them do it. Okay. Just letting you know. I think for me, if you're going to introduce the ex stormtroopers who broke away from the first order because all of a sudden they didn't feel like. They wanted to do that anymore, you know, just like Finn. At least develop that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? It's like, wow. oh, so there's more people like Finn. There were more troopers that broke away from the programming, but why? Because Finn, they explain, Force-sensitive more or less. Well, I mean, but you allude to it. You, you allude, allude to yeah, it. You don't, you, tell we you. don't get that but answer. like, are these also Force-sensitive people? You're right. Like, I wanted more. Right. Uh, is a whole platoon Force-sensitive? Was it garbage programming, or is is it getting weaker? Like, uh, is the you know, is the First Order starting to lose it? So, yeah, did somebody realize that what they were doing is wrong and built right. in, like, exactly. safety we're, protocals? We're, we're, and like like, like a, a, an anti-Order 66 kind of thing. Like you said. But we don't get any of that. Again, you know, he's introduced, and you think that he's special, like, this has never happened, but it has. Now, now we've seen that it has, mm-hmm. but then we don't have the time, or at least it's it seems we don't have the time to wonder why. Yeah. So, so my rewrite would have been fixing that mm-hmm. because I feel like it would add a little bit more to Finn, who you know, starting off really great character and seems to be not as utilized as much as we go on yeah. in the trilogy. Yeah, I would agree. Smurfy, what would you rewrite? Oh, man. So mine would be super stupid, minute (laughs) nitpick, but uh, the last space battle, I really want to see more variety of ships. I know you get to see, like, X-Wings and Y-Wings, but I wanted that, like, Return of the Jedi. Let's see the big ships get at it and fight. Let's see some more smaller ships fight. Let's see some more B-Wings. Let's see some new ships. Because I was like, they kind of built up, like, hey, like, in the trailer, if you're going to show the Falcon with a whole fleet of vehicles behind it, let's see them do something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you see them show up, and you see destroyers getting blown up, but let's see more of the fight. 
So that's, that's my that'd be my little rewrite. I think it was probably because you don't want to mirror True. Return of the Jedi but, too much. But, but the, the fact that it's, it's a low atmosphere, it's a low atmosphere fight. So right. it's totally different than anything we've ever seen before. Right. So I appreciate that. But yeah, I I, I get your you know, I get wanting to have show a little me the bit ghost. Of well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Show me the ghost they, from they, Rebels. You, you see the you see that Y wing. Fly and do like the cool maneuver and blow up one of the giant like you know laser, whatever you want to call it the laser turret on there right yeah and I was like awesome and you, you're seeing Poe fly around and do it but then you're seeing also some opposed fighters getting picked off so you're like okay we're losing numbers here then the fleet shows up and also they're like and hey, we took care of it I'm like no 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 I want to see you blow them right up. I want to see the Death Star blow I want to see more than see... five seconds of Wedge Antilles yeah. back behind nice. this yoke nice shot Jansen yeah or, <laughs> I mean I mean Lando like, <laughs> That was cool and they give me goosebumps. It was, but, gr- it was a mean, great five second cameo. But, yeah, but, but I was like, I, come on, there's got to be more ships. Yeah. These big ones, where are the little dogfighter guys at? Like, just show me it all. all right, spoon feed right. to me. That's what I want. Pistol? Mine's a bit of a long one because I like the idea of comeuppances. <laughs> so, in the last movie, there's a character, DJ, who really ah, does uh, nothing. Um, he just still Del Toro. He just makes, he just stutters and makes snake noises. And does his usual. <laughs> Benicio del Toro weird voices stuff. Yes. I like to call it being a weasel. He yeah. correct, pistol correct me says more like a snake. I go either he way. It was like does these I'm a bad weird, guy. I mean, yeah. he's huh? a I'm snake a weasel. Guy. Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Like he's right. always doing weird. weird stuff. Even even you know his mm-hmm. dramatic work is you know. But so the point of his character, which I thought was hilarious, is that there's good, bad, doesn't matter. It's all it's all words you've made up, right? In a, in a movie that's very politically driven, which The Last Jedi was, here's this anomaly who doesn't care about your what side you're on. He doesn't care. If you're a good guy, you shoot the bad guy. If you're a bad guy, you shoot the good guy. And then you'll just keep going. And, and I thought the, that was an interesting... time will go on. Time will go on. And I thought that was interesting, except the point of Star Wars has never been this moral gray area. It's always been good versus bad. And they've made the bad look... Bad, mm-hmm. right? Because now we're in real Nazi territory yeah, with the right, first order yes. or the final order, whatever, it, whatever yeah. we are at this point. My rewrite would have been a couple of things, um, but it all kind of stems. I would have cut the quest on the dagger because I don't need a MacGuffin to get to the MacGuffin to get to the Triangle MacGuffin. Right, right. Fair right. enough. So I would have cut the the fire party planet completely out. Instead, because we've been to plenty of desert planets right. already. La- instead. C-3PO would have been able to read the text from Luke's journals, and he would have read the Sith text. But still, he cannot say it out loud. So they still have to go to the shady underworld planet. But while they're going there, the planet is under assault by the First Order, trying to take out what we'll find out is anyone who's worked for or with the First Order. They want no loose ends, no nothing. Anybody who could know a secret about the First Order, you're gone. So while we're sneaking around there, we run into Lando Calrissian, who can then introduce our heroes to someone who can rewrite C-3PO's brain. Yeah. So all outside contractors yeah. right. are yeah, there you being go. liquidated. Yeah, we're, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're trimming the fat, guys. <laughs> and so what we have on this planet is them trying to sneak, sneak around. And at some point, it just fails. Right. Because the Knights of Ren show up, and they are a force. Right. <laughs> To be reckoned with. Maybe they're not as strong as Kylo, but they still have a little bit of force. While this is going on, it's a game of keep away. We have to keep them away from C-3PO so we can get to the Triangle Dagger. Yeah. Whatever. 
But while this is going on, we run back into DJ, who's learned that good and bad, they're not just made-up words. The First Order is bad. (laughs) So he kind of redeems himself here a bit. Now we run into... Oh, you want a redemption for DJ. Or he dies. Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) I'm just saying I like the idea of comeuppances. And this is... Or, you know... That. Has he yes. betrayed him? Now yeah. He gets his, yeah. Uh, DJ, we run into an aged Boba Fett who feels betrayed by the Empire, having done a couple of jobs for him, and then being completely abandoned. Dengar. We can bring in all these characters, because this is fan service here, to fight off the Knights of Ren. Okay. But the Knights of Ren are better. They're younger, they're stronger, they have the Force. So we see Dengar go down. We see Boba Fett go down fighting. We see... Not Bosk. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Fine, Bosk can survive. <laughs> but, like, you know, maybe they take... Maybe Boba takes one out with him. But, you know, the Knights of Ren have a diminished number, but they're losing. They're gonna get to C-3PO. So it's a fight against time until, like... like and here's where we can bring in the Palpatinium, is that they've found out where C-3PO is, and as they're fighting, like, we're not gonna get to it, just bomb it. So you see a TIE fighter swoop in from high atmosphere into low, and now Ray has a choice. She has to hold this thing back yeah, so that they can fit. They're almost there. They're at 98%. We just need another couple of minutes. And she's holding it back, but it's like it's pushing. And she's holding it back, and it's pushing. And she starts moving back until finally she takes a step forward and like kind of kind of crunches a bit. And she takes another step forward and kind of crunches a little bit. And she takes another step forward, and she gives a good push but instead of it getting pushed, there's your lightning. Force lightning. Boom. So take away that whole tug-of-war thing that we already saw in the previous film. And take away the fake death of Chewbacca. I hated that. Uh, that was a that was a total failure because I, I yeah. knew he wasn't dead. Yeah. Correct. You see in the advertisements, he's in the Millennium yeah. Falcon With next Lando. to Lando. Right. So, so I didn't so, even see any of the, the media no. for it, well, but I knew he wasn't dead. You yeah. and three other people. Right. I see the beginning trailer. Anyway, that would be my rewrite. It's okay. a little bit more fan service. It kind of trims some of the fat. And then in, during the fight, you can have her heal somebody who's gotten injured that way instead of her just healing a random giant snake. Right. 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 But like that would be my thing. It's a bit long. I I, I grant you that it is a bit with, long, with long drawn out. But I feel pauses. like the idea of a MacGuffin to get to a MacGuffin to get to the actual MacGuffin is too long too. Uh, agreed, agreed. Because once we find out where the star base is, that's where we needed to go. We didn't need the fire party planet. It was cool to see. We didn't need that. And I'll I thought honest, I forgot about the fire party planet. I remember them getting there and then kind of like la la la. Oh yeah, they left. Yeah. I mean, because you're right, it's very... How dare you? That's where we get Lando Calrissian coming back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true, but like, I, I kind of agree with Pistol. It should have been on that shady planet. That's where I feel Lando like, would have yeah, been. I, think, I totally think he, he would have been like a he boss there. He would have been playing like cards there. And yeah. I'm like, Lando, I'm like, what's up, guys? <laughs> like, yeah. like, I hear you I need help. Work. Oh, you do? Okay, well, I'm here to help. Are you uh, cards? Yes. I just won. All right, Doctor, bring us home. What's your rewrite for Rise of Skywalker? Well, my rewrite is nowhere near as detailed as Pistol's, but it, it is an extension of what Pistol was saying. My rewrite would be go further with the fan service. And I don't mean just stop at, at the stuff that Pistol's talking about, which I agree with. Spoon I, I feed like us the whole bowl? <laughs> well, keep, keep, keep sort of. I, you know, okay the, the biggest problem that I always had with the prequel trilogy is that visually it doesn't match the other films. Now, granted, maybe in the last... 15, 20 minutes of Revenge of the Sith, it finally matches the classic original trilogy. But the movies visually do not match. 
The first one is so and, bright. Everything is so bright. And because the Disney trilogy, even with Ryan Johnson's misstep, the Disney trilogy does match visually to the classic trilogy, it still keeps that prequel trilogy separate. What I would have liked to have seen, and not in great detail, but what I would have liked to have seen in Rise of Skywalker is more callbacks to the prequels to connect it more. Mm. Not necessarily because I love the prequel stuff or anything like that, but just because I wanted that more connection. Show us the Senate. Okay. Half a half a minute, a minute scene in the Senate on Coruscant, and how things are being played out there. Any characters that are possibly left, I, I, and I don't know. I'd It'd have be to robots go. and clone troopers, buddy. That's well, about, I say, I, I, there's, I'm sure dead. that there's somebody, but bring everything back. You know, you've you've already shown us that you can de-age both Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher in Rise of Skywalker, and you've shown us that you can de-age Carrie Fisher and bring Peter Cushing back for Rogue One. Actually, funny story, that is not Carrie Fisher in the flashbacks. That's her daughter. Is it really? It's her oh, daughter playing I, her. Wow, yeah. she looks just like her mother. On indoor, yeah. Um, well, either way, in Rogue One, they've shown that, that they can, well, that they right, can right. do the age. They, they have the they technology. Have technology. And they've, we've seen that plenty of times in the Marvel movies now, too. Are you you're telling me that you seriously couldn't pay the Alec Guinness estate a something, even if he doesn't say anything? He can't be at the end when you see Luke and Leia's ghost appear in front of Rey. Behind Luke and Leia, we can't get Alec Guinness. Couldn't you throw in a couple of the old school clone troopers? I know they're old. I know they age faster, but that would have been a good throwback. Like like Captain Rex and Gregor, some of those guys that survived or, in Rebels. Or on like, the, the timeline that we there, see on Endor fights. Right. They on the, Endor, on the planet with when, when they meet weapons. Babu Frick, who, by the way, I freaking love. He's adorable. <laughs> More adorable than Porgs. <laughs> <laughs> on, on that planet, you're telling me that one of those houses couldn't have old clone trooper suits laying around? Something yeah, visually. Or medals. Something you know? visually to connect the prequels more. It isn't so much about just calling back to the prequels. Right. And it isn't so much about making sure that the prequels get into these movies. It's more about, okay, we have to go back and kind of fix this and try to connect this more. Just something that would be more cohesive for the final film in the saga. Because my my other major complaint with Rise of Skywalker, as great as it was and as much fun as it was, and as great a job as J.J. did wrapping it up, I also do not feel like the saga is over. Hmm. I agree. After the film. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like, even if they don't do another trilogy, there's, I feel like there's at least an episode 10 to be done. I was going to say, there's going to be an episode 10, and they're like, that will finish it, guys. Because Last Jedi doesn't feel like a part of the actual no. trilogy, mm-hmm. and Rise of Skywalker feels like the middle of a trilogy. Or it, Last Jedi feels like Force Point Five. It, it feels like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Day, the day after. It feels like Han Solo or Rogue One movie. It does. Honestly. It feels like it feels one, like of, the, one, one those, of the spinoff, like films. a side. Yeah. A side the thing is, so. is I don't feel like it's complete. I I feel I'm I, I left agree. wanting more. Mm-hmm. Same, which which is good. I think I have I, I do have one nitpick, and this is a marketing thing, and maybe you guys who have seen any of the trailers can tell me. I only watched the one trailer, and you hear the Emperor at the end, and he laughs. Right. I would have liked promotional material that's propaganda where you hear the emperor talking to you there's nothing because in the crawl it says 
a mysterious the dead speak. Yes. He he is in the second trailer. He his is? voice is yeah. used in the second trailer. Okay. Yeah. And, Calling and out his, to people. And like his join the dark face. side, we have cookies. Is that he, what you he says yeah, something like you know like <laughs> they rebels. use they use some of the dialogue from the end of the film where he says you know you're coming together is what will be your di-. that's all in the second trailer yeah and See, his would, face is on the poster the he, final he wants to okay. more like one starship sheet. troopers like we're doing our part well yeah like yours? something something Join like guerrilla marketing order. style where it's oh, like oh i get like you. it's like yeah like a nazi propaganda thing where it's like rebel scum I have returned. Something like or that. Some twist, like the the armor. More of a promo. viral promotional. Yes, yeah, like, something like, those like that. National Guard videos out there, like, well, will you, where will you be when disaster strikes? Join the first order. Something like that, where you hear, like, it's like guerrilla marketing, where you would hear this, so it feels more like, because that's kind of a big thing to not actually see in the movie or hear. Can you imagine, like, the mass chaos that would ensue when Emperor Palpatine, thirty years later, starts coming onto your radio waves? Saying he's back, it's like, well, not only what? is he back, I have enough starter stories to knock out every single planet. Mm-hmm. The Hi time guys. is now. <laughs> Do and, it. And who knows? Some yeah. of that could have been in. Maybe, yeah. That's exactly his cut. But that, that was like something I saw. Like, again, each of these title scrolls has had a bit of an issue for me. Yeah. Because the first one doesn't really give us a time frame. None of the scrolls match the impact that the original trilogy mm-hmm. has. Mm-hmm. None of them. The, time the prequel trilogies, like, oh. the sequel trilogy, none of them. No. The original trilogy, those are the best ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. I figured these new ones, they could just be like, and yada, 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 the First Order's here, here we go. <laughs> like the end of scroll. Lightsaber, <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> right. No. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, over the best part. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's what we thought about Rise of Skywalker, but we want to know what you thought of J.J. Abrams bringing this, this trilogy, this last trilogy to this saga to a close let us know head on over to our website at mybigfatpullist.com so there it is fans we have dissected the sequel disney trilogy we've covered the saga very briefly very lightly uh those are our thoughts we hope we were constructive in our nitpicking and again like i said we didn't want to do this where all we were going to do is bitch about what we didn't like and not give solutions. We gave solutions. Whether you liked them or not, well, hey, that's 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 on you. That's your hang-ups. But we want to know your solutions to some of these films. Hell, give me a solution to all these films. Remember, you can find us all over social media. We have a website, and you can also visit our Patreon. We're happy to listen to anything that you have to say. So until next time, I'm Mr. X. I'm Smurfy. Pistol Danger. And I'm Dr. Ipact. And may the Force be with you, always. Tight. That's our show, folks. Tell your friends and family about our program. What he means is you and everyone you know should subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on every app possible. Want to help support the show? Visit our Patreon page. We have a variety of incentives at multiple tiers, sure to satisfy any and all hardcore geeks. You can also follow us on social media where we post weekly comic picks, breaking news stories, and glimpses into our everyday geek lives. Until next time, keep your turtle shells waxed. (laughs) Your power rings charged. And your proton packs primed. Ooh, what's this do? No, Smurfy, not the containment unit.
we leave, and thank you guys for being here, because this if this isn't broken up into multiple episodes, you've been here a minute with us, and we appreciate it. <laughs> Probably should be broken up into multiple episodes, though. It's not. Multiple. 16 episodes. No. 16 in a movie! If, if people want to listen, if people are engaged by the content, they uh-huh. will listen to it yep. for three hours. Will yeah. they? Yes. I don't. If, if they're engaged. It might take them a couple of days to do it if all they do is listen to podcasts in their car. Yeah. If they're engaged. But they'll, they'll do it. Just like a movie. If Maybe not engaged, you, but no. not everybody in the world is like you. And thank God for that. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, think better the than Disney trilogy is better than the original trilogy. I just think it is. I mean, you think, know. whoa. What? The Disney trilogy is better, is better than the original sorry, no, trilogy. The prequel. Mm, prequel. prequel. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Was, let's okay. take that yeah. again because yeah, you're gonna start. You're gonna start I was, was going I was gonna. No, let's go. Let's go right <laughs> you want now. To? Yeah, let's go. You want to? Come I'm on. Gonna be, I'm gonna lie right now. <laughs> Fuck it, we're lying. That's right. Bang bang. You know what? I'll pay tickets for this. <laughs> All right. Foxy boxing. Here we go. There you go. <laughs> Do it. In, in all years of wrestling, have you ever been kicked in the taint? Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> and hit in the head. You can't tourniquet a taint. <laughs> right. Damn right, brother. <laughs>